0: The Ron and Fez show starts right now.
1: So they like manic wrestle? Is that why it's WrestleMania? It's like the the manic of all the wrestling. Hey, it's the Ron and Fez show. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Ron Ron Bennington, Fez Watley. Well, let me put it this way. The new, improved, cleaned up Fez Watley Fez, how you feeling? million
2: bucks? I feel fantastic. I went and sat in the shower forever. Got the shower bench in there. Sat down. Just let water... You're a shower sitter. Oh, yes. Yeah, I like to sit in the shower anyway. Is that from laziness? No, I think it's just, you know, I think it's relaxing. I think it's it's basically recreation time.
1: Is it because you're afraid of a tub?
2: Um. Yeah, the tub, I don't like... T- the tub, I slip in all the time. Yeah, so I shampoo. Aren't you still in the tub? Yeah, but at least I have that there to balance me or sit down because ever since the heart attack, I get winded in the shower. That's basically like running track for me. Taking a shower? Yeah, yeah. I still get winded in the shower, so it's nice to have that to sit down and balance myself. So, on. are you winded like just standing somewhere for any amount
1: of time? Is that it?
2: Uh, yeah, that'll happen too. Yeah, where it's just like standing up will get to me. Hmm.
1: I'm glad when they tried to put you on that uh, survivor's workout thing mm-hmm. that you turned them down. And you just said, I don't want to build up my strength.
3: Fez uh, complains a lot about climbing up the stairs, too, up to the office. Really... Oh, going up to one flight?
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, besides the fact that it looks like a dangerous staircase, right. because you can see da- all the way down to the lobby with it, yeah, that takes, uh, takes the wind right out of me.
1: Well, the beauty of this, uh, Fez, is that you probably scrubbed I'd say 20 years off yourself from yesterday, you look much younger and much less, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Disgusting homeless.
2: Yeah, it's uh, when I was in the shower and I started to get into the scrubbing, there was chunks of filth coming off of my backside that I didn't even realize was there.
1: That's called shit, you disgusting bastard.
2: And it was just hitting the shower, the, the tub floor. And coming off in big pieces. I don't know whether it was Cheese Whiz that had turned black over the past two weeks or what. Well, you
1: would have been a legend uh, if you would have refused to shower. We brought that up yesterday. Of course, it was up to you. But what if you were the type of guy that said, no, I'm still going. I'm going to make this thing happen. Whew. The legendary Fez Whatley. Uh Well, you look great. Nice new shirt, it looks like. Uh, You've trimmed the beard up. Yep. The hair is, the grease has been washed out of it.
2: I kept the fingernails, though. You suggested that yesterday. Smart move. move. So these talons are still here.
1: Let me just say that. Brilliant.
2: And uh, the worst part, though, I mean, it felt good to get clean. Nice hot shower. Worst part, brushing my teeth after two weeks for the first time. Hated it. The amount of blood coming from my gingivitis, bleeding gums hitting the sink was incredible. It looked like I had gotten punched in the mouth. I'm going
1: qu- to quote our own Chris Stanley and just say too much information. And by quoting Chris, I mean quoting his generation, which I like to call Generation Xbox. TMI, Ron. Uh, and I call, uh, of course, Dave... Uh, Pre baby boomers, he's
4: twenty six hundred.
1: <laughs> what are you up to man?
4: Um I just try
1: to, th- try to jump in on some of the shower talk. No, I just so want you didn't this, get yours. I just want to say that I haven't showered for two Yay!
5: years. Yeah, I'm bringing it back
1: Starting you know that again. You we know got, got clothes, a, right? We Yuck. got a winner.
4: You know, it's the same clothes.
1: Uh, you're going to be doing your Lady Gaga dance later this week. We're all excited about yeah. that.
4: I'm not, but. Why not? A, a bet's a bet. No, I, mean, I I really thought I was gonna win. But I chance, thought you
1: were gonna win too, and I don't want to place uh, blame, but it's really Stan's fault for getting so sick that you had to shower.
4: Well, I mean, there's a legitimate resentment um, for that ten-month-old that I feel, and less people like I I like Hitler better than my baby. It I is, because he is a Jew. It's really
1: hard to resent the ones that you love. Yeah. The, that's the hardest resentment of all. Big, big
4: bond with my daughter. And well, she's great. She didn't cost you anything. She's perfect. She's running around. She's redheaded. She's like a little Irish lass. And she's then,
1: everything you ever
4: asked for. And then this fucking little Jimmy Durante with the nose and the fucking illness and all this. He's got a big nose? Yeah, I think so. Have we ever seen him before? I don't think we ever saw this I don't this think kid. we've met him. Yeah, you've met him. He's been in, but, I mean, when he was a literally a
1: baby, I think. All right. Does, <laughs> <laughs> he's still literally a baby. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> does, um, does does he have red hair and is he a
2: girl? No, that's right, Julian. I never,
1: uh, <laughs> I never met him. He's I getting, don't
2: remember meeting Stan. He's getting very cute. You don't right either? Now. No, I then don't. We, mean, then we didn't. Yeah, if I'm as, sure we didn't.
4: He's getting very cute, I must say. But... um. The throw-up is a, is a problem. It's awful. Anyway, Fez is champ.
2: What do you want me to say? Well, you know what? I would like you just... to say Fez is champ again. Well, here's the <laughs> thing.
1: Uh, he doesn't make excuses. Mm-hmm. I'm pissed. Zero excuses. I'm just pissed. Even though it was a baby's fault. Forget it. They're I'm a just team. fucking furious, though, at this kid. And, you know, I'm like Coach K
4: right now. Are you really mad? Yeah, I am because I won. I won this championship. I I like championships. Well, maybe even if you're. Don't, even if they, we don't know what the championships are for. <laughs> the Dirt Championship. <laughs> I like championships. And Who I was, knows? I was eight and one going into this thing, and I wanted two more wins to get to ten. And now I'm I'm fucking. I feel. like I'm thinking about a new
1: contest where you guys have to kill a dog a day till one of you oh, gets uh, tired of it.
4: I got fucking one at
1: home. She'll be dead. Fucking put the. Wiley, mm. you say you can't kill an animal.
2: It's no. It's not in you. No, oh. I cannot do
1: it. Dude. What if it was a fucking charging tiger? Could you kill
2: it? No, I don't think so. I would, I would just get mauled. Just dive into the mouth? I, I would I would try to run from it, which is like we mentioned the stairs and just standing still. It's not going to be very effective. But I don't think I could kill the tiger.
1: The password is fucking pussy. <laughs> the password is fucking pussy. you are <laughs> not
2: playing password and everyone heard it.
1: Fez... Fez. Pussy? Bing, 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 oh, bing. Okay, good. It's actually fucking pussy. $50. But, uh, fucking pussy, yeah. Well, yeah, let's move on. I do better at giving the clues. <laughs> what if Fez had a gun? Like, Fez, what if you had a gun? You would shoot the tiger,
2: right? Or if he charged you? I I don't think I could do it. <laughs> if he charged you, you I had mean, I I don't like killing bugs. I don't like... You wouldn't I... kill to save yourself, though. I would, maybe I could try to fire at it. I'm sure I'm going to miss. Yeah,
1: you'd miss. All right, so now it's more about the embarrassment of not being a fucking good shot. <laughs> but the reason why you miss is because you don't shoot enough.
2: I don't shoot at all. I don't go near
4: a gun. Oh, get a BB gun. They're great. That's what I do. I have target practice at my
2: house. My brother Corky shot my grandfather when they went hunting one time with a pellet gun, and it made me a nervous wreck.
1: Hmm. It's a pellet gun. Your granddad was going, Okay. Oh. Again, it's one of those situations where something happens once and you feel like that's the only thing that could happen. You know, it's like if you went to a party and the fucking roof caved in, you would be act like, oh, no, I don't go to parties because the roof caves in. You know what I mean? Like there can be freak things. You just can't take that as that's the way life is. Um, Here is uh, John, Massachusetts. You're on the Ron Fest Show.
0: Yeah, Dave, now
6: you know how your father felt about you. You should be ragging on Stan like that.
1: <laughs> John, uh, come on. You, I, obviously, he it. doesn't hate the kid, but you're just
4: I upset, frustrated
1: with life. I'm upset
4: that he lost me this competition. Um, you know, I'm going to be in debt for the rest of my life. But, I mean, beyond Obama that, pay it. I lost a dirt competition that I really believed I would have won. But I'm not going to make any excuses. I lost
1: fair and square. Um, you did lose fair and Little square. fucker. I mean, fair, if, you know, it's not exactly fair that Fez got a baby to ruin it for you. But other than that, it's fine. <laughs> I, guess square. I anyway, consider it's this
2: washed up Fez, new Fez. Thank you. I feel new. I feel like I've lost 20 pounds of filth. Hmm. Uh,
1: here is uh, Dan, Knoxville. You're on Ron Fez.
2: Hey, what's up, guys?
0: Yeah. Hey, I was just uh, I was just wondering. Uh, I remember the the big question for Fez and uh, Dave about that they would uh, kill a homeless person for like a certain amount of money.
1: I know. What's they, for the reluctance?
7: For there's the a, dog. There's not
1: a huge <laughs> amount of consistency there, on the run of there show. There is with me.
4: <laughs>
7: by by
1: saying I, that, it's inconsistent.
4: I say it then, I say it now. There's a consistency, okay. with, consistency with, with me. I kill if, a homeless person.
1: If I'm going to kill anyone right now, it's Dave for getting me back into Lost and making <sighs> me sit down and watch the Pirates of Penzance last night.
4: You didn't like that episode. You didn't like that episode. Seriously? What was there
1: to like? You take it a was fucking
4: the f- fifth best episode in the history of the show. What what was it that you loved so much about it? I fucking love the Jacob story, and
1: I was it a Jacob story.
4: I'm sorry, I, the the Richard story I thought was
1: absolutely brilliant. Ricardo, I fucking have to see watch Pirates of the Caribbean for 40 minutes. He could have said, "Here's what happened to me." Now let's get back to the people that the fucking show's about. <laughs>
2: the show's about him too. He's a, he's been a big part of the story, but they didn't flashback. They just showed a that's story from 1867. Was, they didn't
4: even do their their gimmick. That's why it was amazingly cool. It's the first time that I can recall that the flashback lasted the entire episode. And I thought it worked extremely well. And now we don't know who the fuck is. Is Jacob the devil or is the man in black the devil? The man in black. Well, we don't know that, Ron. Maybe Jacob's the as, devil. As
1: soon as they did the gimmick of we're dead, like everybody said in the first fucking episode... And then they're still not even agreeing to it. By the way, uh, you know our good friend G-Baby, he goes, Twitter dark. Twitter dark. So he, because he's a West Coast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And West Coast are three hours behind. So Lost for him, I think, comes on at fucking 12 o'clock at night. Yeah. At midnight, he sits down to watch Lost. So every week, he puts on his Twitter page, I'm Twitter dark. <laughs> so he does it, you know, fucking hear all these things. I uh, call up his house, and I go, I can't believe Richard Alpert is a fucking robot. <laughs> is that the stupidest thing ever? They buy it? <laughs> lad, and thinker. I don't know. I just said it to his machine. Wait, wait, Ron, is, so Alpert's a robot? What, are you doing the impression of him now? Yeah, Cause that was the impression. I never thought that was anything like him.
4: <laughs> well, someone's got to do it. I thought that was a glorious episode. I really did. I think
1: I know you, do. you think every episode's a fucking glorious episode. No, not that. You no. know what? I'd like to fucking see you, my friend, walking down the midway. <laughs> walking down the midway. I'm a fan of the
4: show, but I mean, I can tell, I can discern from great ones. You are, a, ones, you
1: are a fan of everything, it any t- type of entertainment, um, for of any kind. You love. Well, I do like that. You're right. Like little. Kittens playing with
4: the ball of yarn or something. I'm a big fan of that, too. But I thought this Lost episode was tremendous.
2: It's just letting us know that we're going to be disappointed in that two-hour season finale series finale. There's
1: only seven left.
2: Eight. Seven
1: episodes, eight left. They, and we spend an hour in the fucking 1800s at the fucking Black Pearl. So just fucking do me a favor... Get back to Jack. Black Rock. And Diane and whoever the fuck they are. That's not The Black Pearl is from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah.
4: But Kate. Kate, not Diane. Well, who's Diane then? That's the Mellencamp song. The Little Diddy? I'm surprised. I'm shocked. Shocked that you didn't
1: like that. You're shocked every night when the fucking sun goes down. (laughs) Well yeah you, you I scream mean, how out does it go down it's so big. <laughs> you scream that the sun just fell. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. It goes down by gravity. Gravity pulls it down <laughs> oh. to the center of the earth. Alright. Uh, that's why you get a steam there. Okay. Um John, Georgia, Ronafez.
0: Hey Ronnie. Yeah. Hey, did you kind of pick up on how they were explaining what the alternate timeline was last night? Yeah. When when he made the reference with the wine and the bottle. Oh, I didn't get that. Evil evil escaping if the island wasn't there. Oh,
8: I got that.
1: Evil is out there and evil is going to somehow do something horrible to the other reality. Well evil. So even right now I'm like Well in the other reality, evil is out. Right. Evil is fucking spilled out. Oh, I didn't so get that. something we are going to see in the other fucking reality of what happened when fucking hell comes to Frogtown. Uh, but that whole thing of, then we will all go to hell. Oh, I'm talking to your dead wife in Spanish. I just...
2: What? Come on. Enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. Well, I don't understand why they took away the one guy's gimmick of talking to dead people and gave it to Big Hurley.
1: Well, he's who's had it for a he's while. He's always had that, Fez, from, from season one. He's had it, Fez. He really has had it for a long time. I don't know if it goes back to season one.
2: Oh, yes, But he's
1: had it for a long time. Yeah. Um, And really, they're all dead anyway, so it's just uh, deeper dead. They're They're not
4: dead, though. That's just, that was fucking Richard's
1: own. By the way, I do like The Man in Black.
4: I said to my wife, "He's my new favorite actor." Has he not... done anything else? He reminds me of Tom Sizemore, but like a non. We got into up... the Sizemore
2: too last night. Yeah, I thought he looked like up. Richard Hatch from Survivor. Oh come on! Because like, he's, he's on so... an island. It's the island thing in the yeah, sand. he's
1: on an island. So <laughs> you know what? Then let's start voting people off, like me. I would like to leave that <laughs> island. There's nothing fagula about the man Black. Yeah, um, Tom in Tom's River. You're on my fez.
0: Hey, Ronnie B., they're really pushing this angle with Jacob as the baby face and the man in black as the heel. You think it's going to be a swerve at the last minute?
1: No, I think, that, I think right now we're getting a fake swerve. Because uh, the, the fact is they don't want us completely believe that he's a fucking good guy. We're not getting a fake swerve. I think that the man in black is Jesus Christ. I think... That's my theory. I think the man in black is Johnny Cash. And there's a ring of fire.
2: I think we're going to get a third person involved, like when Mother Nature comes in that Christmas special between heat Miser and cold Miser.
1: Oh, don't fucking ruin that for me, Fez. How many times did I tell you? How many fucking times did I tell you? Give me a fucking break here. I haven't seen it yet. I'm dying to see it.
4: Man, black will never wear coat white. Also, I think that he's definitely, cr- like, I think he's Jesus. I'm serious. I think he, that's a swerve. He's Jesus. Notice that he's only really killed bad people. And Jesus was allowed to do that that time that he got pissed off at the temple and started fucking, you know, punching people in the face and throwing he, coins all over the place.
1: Hold on. He punched people in the face? Absolutely,
4: yeah. That's in the Bible when he got, like, nuts. I did not
1: know that he was punching them in the face. I thought he fucking yeah, he knocked overt- over some tables like a fucking Exactly. child. He
4: overturned tables and hit some people because they were, you know... Um,
1: making tra- business transactions in church. I, I bet that in in heaven somewhere, Jesus cries every day knowing how much you jerk off. You're a Catholic boy. You know what you're doing is disgusting.
4: It don't remind me that. I got over that like four or five years ago. Jesus knows you're jerking It me. was like, honestly, I, it, it, only like 28 was when I finally got over the guilt of masturbation. So I had well, problems. Next Please time you feel
1: that. like you want to masturbate, just think Jesus is watching me. And so is my dead grandmother, who loves the Yankees. This is going to ruin it. See, that's that's the point. They're both crying and holding each other. Uh, G, baby. Yeah, I can't believe he's a robot. That was just unbelievable. (laughs) You know, your (laughs) theories are so far off all the time. And my impression is pretty goddamn good. By the way, there was a real possibility that that guy would have been a robot. (laughs) I mean, it's dumb. It's not as dumb as anything else that they're doing.
0: Well, yeah, I uh. I do. I got you called. I put it to voicemail because I don't talk to anybody. When Twitter, I get Twitter dark, but I go sort of humanity dark uh-huh. so I don't get spoiled. And uh, I, but I looked at my visual voicemail, and it was like I saw the word Richard and robot, and I was like, motherfucker! <laughs>
1: Why don't I have visual fucking voicemail?
0: Yeah, I don't. Know, but so then I, I listened to the voicemail afterwards, and I was like, oh, you got me. You totally got me. But I, I thought the episode was awesome, and the man black has killed bad people. I mean, has killed good people. Why'd he kill the pilot in the first episode, you know? but The who? I really, The pilot in the
4: first the, episode. The
1: pilot was a kid-toucher. The pilot was a bad uh, guy.
0: Mr. Uh, Echo
4: was a fucking drug dealer. Trust me. The, drug dealers aren't bad guys. No, but that guy was a drug dealer who caused children's death because they overdosed on heroin in Africa. Oh, wow,
1: no kids are that. That's the kid's fault. No.
4: It's not the kid's fault. It's the guy who gave it to them. Please. I just
0: thought this episode was awesome. It just, it, it again, it put, it did what this season is doing. Is it putting the other five seasons into a whole different context? It's making exactly. you look at them a whole different way.
5: Exactly, G baby. You,
0: you need, you need Richard's story now because if you give it to him any other point, you, you give away too much about the Man in Black and Jacob. Which I don't know who is good, who is bad. I think they're sort of both a little bit of the other one, but obviously Jacob is better. Ying
1: yin and Yang. we've got to keep evil as the cork on the fucking top of the island. Or else it all comes out. Right. And that's Stupid. why people are
4: pushing buttons and stuff. I I had like this breakthrough last night that I was watching the show. I'm like, Jacob is no different than Desmond. Jacob is Desmond, only Jacob didn't have the technology to push the buttons to keep the evil corked in, but Desmond had that. See? well
0: oh, I need to think about the buttons. That's a good one, Dave.
4: Yeah, think about it then. See? Yeah. Dave thinks about this fucking show. Well, why don't you think about this? Jesus sees you masturbate, so does <laughs> your dead grandma. I got over that four years ago. Please. Well, let it back. Let it come back.
2: What was that breakthrough?
4: I just told Jesus, I'm not going to listen to you anymore. So I was like, I you would yell at him if I was masturbating. I'm not listening.
1: Um, all right, G-Baby.
0: All right, thanks for uh, talking with me. See you guys
1: later. <laughs> Peace. Sorry that your robot theory was uh, blown to shit. Um, let's go over to, uh, Dennis, New York, you my fence.
0: What's going on, boys? Hey. Yeah, I think them saying that everybody is dead is a goof on, like, all the fan theories and everything. You now, at like, one time people were saying they're living in a snow globe and et cetera. That's exactly how I took it. I took it as just a complete goof on the old fan theories.
8: It is.
1: I don't know. Um, look, if I had seen all this shit that I had seen on that fucking island, smoke monsters, lock walking around, fucking all that shit... And someone said we're dead all this time. I like. I go, well, that's a definite theory because we're not following the physics of the fucking planet Earth that I was on. I mean, Dave, how do you know you're not fucking dead now? How do you know this fucking entire lifetime is just not some form of an afterlife? Because I can feel pain and... So you don't expect to feel pain
4: in hell? No. Oh, in hell? Yeah. Um, no, I, feel, I expect to feel mental
1: uh, torture. But the burning won't bother you? No. So you in hell will be burning, but you're like, I don't mind that at all. I'm just depressed.
4: Yeah, well, the, the mental torture of like you know constantly looking at fire will
1: upset you, obviously. I didn't know that. Yeah, So it's a visual torture yeah. that happens in hell.
2: Exactly. Fire the, the fire and brimstone would bother me. I can't sit in a hot car in the summer for too long without it just getting to me for so seconds.
1: You, so you think fire and brimstone would get to you?
2: Absolutely. And that, just being around whether it was a, mental or not.
1: That's a shocker, that burning yourself beyond <laughs> repair. I never knew what brimstone was either. It's just a thing that lights up. It's like saying charcoal
4: so that 's what it, brimstone is charcoal it 's a charcoal pit
1: brimstone is like a burning
2: rock thing, right yeah, I think it 's like sulfur. Mm.
4: But they should make that clearer
1: because we we didn't we don 't understand well that 's why you need the good news Bible <laughs> where everything is just all the bad parts are taken out for you. <laughs> all right, so physical pain, worse or mental anguish worse fuzzy
2: uh physical pain
1: <clears throat> so if I said. I'll fucking hit you in the knee with a ball, peen and hammer. Or you live in depression. What would you pick?
2: I would take my depression. At least that I'm aware of. I don't think I could. I couldn't stand getting hit in the knees with a hammer. Wow. <clears throat> Not even close. I believe him,
1: though. Yeah. I believe Fez because he's into his depression and stuff because he won't do the stuff that the doctor tells him. Mm. But he's kind of happy in his depression. Oh, yeah. That's I think true. he's mm.
2: kind of a breakthrough for you. It's a known quantity.
4: <laughs> that's amazing phrase. I just think that mental torture is the worst. I mean, that's, you know, I've, it, it hit your shin against the table. It's not going to be bad than someone fucking with your brain. I don't know.
1: I think Fez is onto something.
2: With that shin hitting the table, it's not like oh you're, you're finally going to get that moment where you start to feel some relief, where it starts to numb out a little bit. Why? Why doesn't it? You're gonna if you're feeling that pain for eternity, it's gonna be we're fresh t- we're shin about pain.
1: It, We're just talking about temporary.
2: Oh, I thought we were talking about going on forever in hell. No,
1: we're just. That's why I said, would you take the shot in the fucking day or weeks of depression? I don't know how you how you fucking <laughs> equated that with hell. Um, Robin, Staten Island, Ron and Fez. What's up, buddies? Yeah. Uh,
0: just while I was doing some reading, and what's going on on Lost right now, they're retelling the story of Jacob and Esau. They were mm. brothers, and what really turned me on to it was when Locke said he had a problem with his mom that spiraled out of control. Because the mom, Jacob was supposed to get the blessing of Isaac, and she switched them. I'm sorry, Esau was supposed to get the blessing of uh, Isaac, and she switched him to give it to Jacob because she was crazy. That whole family was was fucked up. Isaac, Abraham, all those people. That's what that is. And in the Bible, uh, Esau can sort of, in Bible speak, sort of change shape. That he uh, he sort of can become one with the animals, in a way.
1: Like Dr. Doolittle. Basically, he's the Dr. Doolittle who's time. Here's uh, Chris... California, you're a run of foes. Fez. Ronnie B., what he said? Not foes. I don't know why he said that. We're not foes. We're friends. I yeah.
7: Hey, I, I want to hear Davy Mack's uh, impression of, you know, who, you know, how does
0: Charles Whitmore fit into all of this?
7: No one else
1: got mad the that the captain's show, name you know? was fucking Whitfield last uh, it Whit- night?
0: It was Whitmore.
1: Whitmore, it was, was his, that it?
4: it? was his great grandfather.
1: So he's the great grandfather.
4: That's what I mean. You know, they didn't say great grandfather, but you have to do the timeline. That had to be it, or grandfather, maybe not great.
1: Driving around in a fucking boat like that. Yeah. No, it would have had to have been a couple greats.
4: <laughs> well, it was 1867. You figure Whitmore is about 70, so in 2004, so he was born in 1934. So it could be his grandfather, or or, or just one great grandfather. I couldn't see a couple. I couldn't see more than that. So in any event, this has been going on forever. Exactly. This has been, Here's what's going on. The island needs to be taken care of by one person, as we know. That one person is Jacob, but Jacob is no bigger
1: than anyone else. He's not the Messiah. Uh, let's make sure we find out whether that guy's last name was Whitmore or Whitfield last night, because it's driving me fucking crazy. Um, here is uh, Keith. San Francisco.
7: Hey, buddy. Hey, here's my theory. Jacob has to be the devil. And I say that because remember when Richard asked what he wanted? And he said he wanted his wife back. And he said he couldn't give it back to him. But then he said, I'll let you live forever. And the thing is, he can't die, which means he can't be with his wife, the one that he loves.
1: Um... Yeah, but she wants him there. Why would she come back for the devil? Mm -hmm. Uh, By the way, the guy's name last night, Jonas Whitfield. Whitfield? Yeah, that's from uh, Lostpedia.
4: Lostpedia? Yeah. Okay. Well, then the guy, that doesn't make sense. That's now, what I'm
1: fucking trying to tell now you. Now my
4: head is fucked in the
1: face. Uh, this might help you out. It's Dave's grandmother. Yes.
7: Hello, Rondo. Yeah. This is Dave's grandmother, and I just want him to know that I do see him every time he masturbates. And I know that he stole money from me. And also, yes, you don't know that. Wow. Yes, I saw. No, you didn't. Now in heaven, I've ways to see. And also, Kevin did finger me at the funeral home. Oh Oh,
4: my God! This is Earl's
1: grandmother. I'm gonna fuck you up, caller. (laughs) Look, those days are over. (laughs) Earl's in a high pressured sales job. I know it's high pressured because he kept texting me last night. This is
2: awesome. From his first day at work.
1: (laughs) And he was saying. It's very Glen, Gary, Glenn Ross. Oh, awesome! I think he was getting yelled at on his first day about let's move fucking product, and the product is of course classical music seats.
4: I had that job for two hours where I was supposed to sell cutlery, and like go like I was gonna be a door to door salesman, but they the guy came off with the Baldwin gimmick, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this isn't gonna you know, I'm not, we're not in the movie. I know you've seen Glengarry Glenn Ross. You're not impressing me by doing a Baldwin impression. I'm out
1: of here. Glengarry Glenn Ross is the favorite fucking thing of everybody in sales.
4: Yeah, Everybody in sales a, loves that. Absolutely. Remember the one sales guy from XM? He was, you know, that, that Glengarry Glen Ross dude.
1: Oh, well, he was the guy who would have stole the fucking leads. <laughs> yeah, right. I forgot that guy.
4: <laughs> These are the Glengarry leads, and you don't get to have them. <laughs> he puts them in front, <laughs> takes them away. I need to
1: go home and watch that today. These leads are for closures only. Put down that coffee. I like fucking Ed Nut that. Treating a man that way. Bullshit.
4: And that that fucking thing between Ed Harris and Alan Arkin at the, at the deli is, or the Chinese restaurant is maybe one of the best, even though it's a drama, comedic things of all time of, are we just talking here? You're actually talking about this, Dave. <laughs> I'm like, this is the greatest. He's doing very well for himself. <laughs> He's doing very, very well. good. That's the best movie of all time. That's so <laughs> fucking great.
1: I honestly think though, I could probably write one a little bit better than that. <laughs> Just a little bit better. I don't know. <laughs> I think That's I can do it. Goddamn good. I honestly do. Um, Ty, Wisconsin, you got an H bomb for me. Uh, yeah, I got one for Fezzi. Okay. Oh, Fezzi gets his own little.
0: ESPN reports this morning that domestic violence charges against Warren Sapp have been dropped.
1: Fez Watley, you jumped to a conclusion mm-hmm. on that. Are you willing to uh, take back everything that you said?
2: I will take back everything I said about Warren Sapp. I am back on the Sapp bandwagon. He goes back to being a hero of mine. Sapp wagon.
1: Um, and the reason is? Just because the police didn't charge him.
2: Right. So if there's nothing to this, then there's no reason to be upset with him.
1: Okay. So anyone who hits a woman but doesn't get arrested for it, (laughs)
4: yay, you're still a hero. My dad's in good shape, then. Yeah.
1: Um, I think all of our dads (laughs) are.
4: Not Pepper's dad. He's too fucking junked up to even raise his fist. Did your dad ever uh, do any time?
3: Yeah, well, he disappeared for a while in the 70s, like in Mexico, from the stories I heard. Yeah. And uh, I think he did time in Florida.
1: What was uh? What did he tell you? It was the fucking movie Blow he was shooting. <laughs> he was Tona. <laughs> the um, yesterday we did the unmasked with Tom Davis from Franken and Davis, amazing stories all about the early days of Saturday Night Live, and uh, Tom Davis I believe he's fifty eight years old, still does acid, still loves uh, the Captain Trips.
8: Yeah,
4: I, I was thinking about it, and I'm definitely getting some – I'm going to procure some acid this year. I was very inspired by that entire unmasked, how funny it was. But then I was also like, why am I not doing acid Like at least once or twice a year? He's right. He goes to
1: Burning Man, does acid, does acid just a few times a year. Uh, the For me, the experimentation – if you're still doing it in your 50s, you're not fucking experimenting. You're just getting fucked up.
4: <laughs> well, I disagree with that. You, you, you can still have very new experiences on psychedelic drugs. I mm-hmm. mean, every acid trip
1: is different than, than the uh, previous one. Right, so you did a lot of acid, right? Yeah, tons of it. And hold on. And your kid can't digest food. <laughs> what? And has asthma. I'm just <laughs> going to look <laughs> a few things up. I'm going to fucking be house for you since no one else will. <laughs> It wasn't smoking or anything. No, but you. How do you? A lot uh, of acid stays in the spine. Yeah, I do. I
4: did do a lot of acid. How do you explain the uh, healthy daughter? I mean, that's the point. It skips she, a generation.
1: <laughs> How do we know she's healthy?
4: She's she's healthy as a clam. Come on. I Ryan. saw
1: her have a fucking layup from four inches away <laughs> and put the ball into the stands. That was that's
4: fucking tripped out. No, that was that was definitely one of the blacker moments in the my household in in the short history of my children. Um,
2: that perception
4: may not be there. But I'm definitely going to get some acid after that um, mass yesterday. And that's a fucking 100%
3: for real thing. Uh, are you done with the acid? uh, I haven't done it in a long time, but if I ever got something like Burning Man or whatever, which I'd love to go to one day, I would definitely fucking gobble up some fucking When's the last time you ate acid? I ate some mushrooms about six months ago. Acid.
1: What's this fucking seriously? Would you and your generation get off the ecstasy and mushrooms? Jesus Christ! The same acid, thing? acid. Bro what a fucker.
3: year ago. A year ago. Okay. I was at a Mo show and they were like, "Here's some acid, dog." Like, all right. Wait, was that, that, that when you
4: shit. came to Asbury Park and a different? You were no, all confused. A, no, I, just,
3: <laughs> I was just drunk. That it was another Mo show. Oh.
4: Um, I've probably done acid 40 times, and I'm going to get back into it for real. If I can get some acid, like, I'm going to get some Wait a minute. When you were bragging some... about tons, it was only 40? Maybe more than that. But I, what I'm saying is every weekend from my junior and senior year of high school, I basically did acid. But
1: don't you think of it as, like, a high school thing to do? Should a fucking full-grown man be sitting around doing acid like Timothy Leary, like a fucking asshole? But
4: that's the thing
1: is that I've never
4: had that experience as a full-grown man on I acid. tried to
1: fucking get it into his fucking mind. You tripped with Leary. You trip with Jerry Garcia. That's fucking weird shit. And he wasn't like, you're like, oh, yeah, Jerry's a great guy. Him and fucking Garcia were writing a screenplay for a Vonnegut book together. (laughs) I have no idea if anyone asked him to do it. I think they were just fucking tripping. Yeah. Well, he wanted to, you know, that was his thing.
2: Yeah, it's well, this thing. It still is.
4: I think acid is it's actually good for people, and probably should be mandatory, like once in someone's life, just once,
2: like a vaccination.
1: Tr- truly, I, you know what? I would agree with that, but it should come to, and I'm being fucking totally serious here. It should come at a certain point in your life. It shouldn't be done for party purposes. Oh, I agree. And it should be done in a way to say, now you're stepping from one fucking thing to the next. Would acid be good for Fez Watley under the right conditions? Absolutely. You think so? Fuck yeah. Yes. If anything, and I just took the elevator up with you, you've been fucking stuck in a bad trip for years. You have got to fucking learn. Like, we talk about being on a bummer, a fucking, you know, it's really just a panic attack. Flipping out on acid is a fucking panic attack, in my opinion. Yeah. Maybe amped up a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm.
4: And that's where he is all the time. Right. That would, that would, you, your universe would be so expanded that the fucking elevator ride would be stupid. It would be trivial to you because you'd be like, what am I, ta- what, why am I doing this? I'm connected to fucking stars. I'm not going to drop in an elevator. And if I do, it'll be fine. Even if I die, I'll be a fucking it, star. Does he sound
2: crazy, DFS? It sounds absolutely nuts. And the thing that I think about is, aren't there stories about people that don't come back? Well, you haven't no. come back.
1: That's, that's what I'm fucking trying to tell you. Oh, that's you would be one of the fucking people who didn't come back. And some of that is myth. Like the Sid Barrett drinking uh, I had a fucking shot kid. glass of I had a kid acid. on my fucking street that got fucking dosed. We were really young. Like fucking 12. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he came back. He got fucking off in some weird place. Just because of that one thing? Yeah, but he was a fucking baby. He didn't know what the fuck he yeah. was doing. See, I'm,
4: the reason why the Tom Davis thing intrigued me so hard is because I've, I haven't done acid since I was 21. I'm 32. I haven't done it since I'm a grown man. So that's why I want to do it as a grown fucking man. Yeah, but I still do think
1: you, you would just do it for party purposes. No, I wouldn't, Ron. I get the feeling. By the way, could you imagine tripping with fucking Fez?
3: I could. I'd have to pass that one off. I could. I'll say a this.
1: <laughs> I did it with, you know, buddies all the time. And there was one friend of mine, no matter what asset we did, at a certain point, he would grab his stomach and yell at this has been cut with strychnine. And I'd be going, dude, I fucking need you to maintain. Is that going to be the biggest fucking problem in the world? I'm. Uh,
4: I have Fez's water right now. I sh- I could put something in it. it. I,
1: at, at least put my certs in it. See, he was bringing up how the fucking dead dosed them at so many fucking shows.
4: I did so much ass. Maybe if I put my certs in it, he could
1: get a little bit. Just put a certs in there. See for the help. <laughs> put the lid back on. All right, we'll have to watch
3: for it. Um. <laughs> What are, you, what are you telling me, Hicks? What's the... Uh, booking's brought by Macy Gray to uh, stop in, in studio. Now I do feel like I'm tripping. <laughs> it's pretty when, Great. When is she coming in? Uh, she's, she's ready to come in right
1: now. I'm ready to meet her.
5: forever, they say, they-
1: macy gray in the studio with us the brand new uh song uh and of course the album the sellout comes out tuesday june 22nd how are you macy i'm
9: doing great how are you
1: nice i know you had the nod going why uh, as soon as you came in you got in the chair threw <laughs> the headphones on oh yeah i
9: like that song
1: now um for you, you're running around promoting this everywhere yeah. uh the machinery's up and moving again on huh? the promotional machinery
9: Oh yeah, I'm have I'm actually really enjoying it this time. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you don't. Um, uh, there's, there's been times where I've dreaded it just because of you know whatever reason. But but I'm actually having having a lot of fun with did this you, record.
1: Did you get a little break uh, for a while though? Were you able to kick back for a while before you got back into this? Or no, I've been working. I just I really worked
9: on this album for about a year, and and uh, I'm always uh, touring, and I'm
1: I'm pretty I'm uh, kind of a workaholic. Why is that? Why do you? Why do you always feel like you gotta have something going? Well, I didn't sound corny, but I,
9: I really do love you know making music and being on stage and and uh, and, and um, you know it's, it's one good thing that it brings you is is the just the opportunity to see the world, you know. Uh huh. And my records do really good overseas, so I've been everywhere, and um, so it's you know it's just like something like you only live once, you know, so you just have to eat it up and. And go for it. You know. Is it, is it
1: surprising to you that some of the foreign countries are so into your music? Is there like a place where you're like, God, I don't even feel that much in common with these people, but we have this connection of this music.
9: Yeah, we, we went to Serbia of all places. Wow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it was it was really interesting because my uh one of the musicians in my band got in the pool in the hotel and right. everybody that was in the pool. Got out. She's a black girl.
5: Mm-hmm.
9: So it's very like you know, it's nothing but Serbians there. There's no culture right there. So, so um. But then when we did the show later that night, like four thousand people showed up and and they went crazy and they knew all the words and so it's pretty wild what what music does.
1: So the Serbians were basically like uh, they they weren't used to seeing black people or they just didn't think everybody should be together in a pool or. What happened?
9: I think both. There's, yeah. there's no, there's like, it's not like New York where you see right. like 90,000 different cultures. There's like one, right. not Serbian.
1: But you know, that same story I remember reading happening to, in Las Vegas, to Sammy Davis Jr. Right. Back in like the 50s. Yeah. So who knows what could happen anywhere in the world. I mean, at one point in this country, we were like, well, people will never mix together. Yeah. And look where we are now.
9: No, I know. It's it's amazing. I'm sure in 10 years, Serbia will be a little bit different. Who knows,
1: right? And maybe, and believe it or not, it could have something to do just with music. I always thought that even like if you look at Motown music, Mm -hmm. it never had like a lot of stuff about civil rights in it. But white kids and black kids were listening to music, dancing together. Yeah. And you take a guy like Smokey Robinson or the Supremes, they might be every bit as important as Martin Luther King.
9: No, I, I totally agree. I think music is, is so powerful, and, and it's changed a lot of things, you know, right, right under our noses. And, and uh, definitely our opinions of each other as far as race goals and, and men and women. And so, um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a very, very powerful thing, a song. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And for you, I think you've always celebrated The Freak a little bit. You like the <laughs> fact of saying, bring it a little different, have fun with
9: it. Yeah, well, I, I grew up in a family that just partied a lot, and and I, I actually spent—I used to go to Atlanta in the summers with my uncles, who were, you know, had no problem being themselves around me. Uh huh. <laughs> so, um, uh, so I, I think that, that just influenced me a lot, as, as far as, you know, things that were fun and things that were okay that might, might be taboo, but. You know, they, they put a smile on people's faces.
1: What, what was some of the taboo stuff that you were introduced, though, as a young kid, as a young person?
9: Um, Alcoholism. Right, alcoholism. <laughs> yeah, but, I, but, like, you know, we'd all be at a party, and, like, my drunk uncle, like, a Marvin Gaye would song would come on, and he would just get up and dance, you know, and I learned then that, you know, music can actually, you know, just completely, like, make, you know... Make you physical, like, make you start yeah. dancing, you know. And there's nothing else that does that.
1: So do you have any lines in your music or in your personal life where you're like, okay, this is, you know, this is kind of a danger zone, someplace I don't want to go? Uh, or it's, should it be all tasted? Should it all be kind of experimented with?
9: No, not everything. Yeah. Some things are, are not taboo. No. They're just creepy and disgusting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um... You know, I think as humans, we're we're capable of so much, um, especially mentally and spiritually. And and um, a lot of times you you repress things and keep things to yourself and and that can affect you also. But, you know, I think as long as you're not hurting anybody or or, um, hurting yourself, I think it's okay to try a lot of things. Yeah.
1: So make sure everybody tries.
9: I don't know about everybody. I mean, most people. Most people,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> most
9: people should, shouldn't do too much. I mean, now, some people.
1: <laughs> now, I one thing also I've always said about your music, I think you would have been a hit in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. I really don't see you as being a part of that any one certain time. You know, I could have seen you on Atlantic Records. I could have seen you doing stuff in the 70s, kind of,
9: mm-hmm. uh, you know,
1: disco stuff. I, I, I always think that you would have broke out somewhere. Oh, thank you. You are tugging at your shirt a little bit there?
9: Yeah, I just discovered it's open. So. <laughs>
1: yes, I've noticed uh, that. But you I did? thought that, yeah, I thought that is had that to be. Why re- you looking at me? I okay. was, I was staring at you, thinking, is this the taboo thing? Oh uh, no, that's not taboo. That's,
9: <laughs> that's a wardrobe malfunction. A little
1: wardrobe malfunction. Yeah. <laughs> is there a, a certain time of uh, time of music that you identify with, though? Is there certain singers, certain songwriters that you identify with?
9: Yeah, I love, I, I just really love uh, um, artists who, who take their art really seriously. And, and that just involves, like, great lyrics and, and great music. You know, you can tell the difference in, in records of, of the ones who, like, really care about what they put out. And, yeah. And I appreciate that, even if I don't like the song, you know.
1: A- Any time in your life that you heard a song that just kind of light went off for you, where you're just like, yeah, that's what I, uh, I'd like to spend my time chasing, something like that?
9: Um, I think, uh, well, of recent, like, a uh, Kanye West's first album mm-hmm. really intrigued me a lot. And, um, you know, those old Stevie Wonder records, like,
1: sure.
9: like Songs in the Key of Life and anything by Bob Marley. Right. And, uh, I was a big Fuji fan. I love the Fuji records. And there's a ton, you know, Led Zeppelin makes great, great records. And I remember when, uh, the first time I heard a Nirvana song and, and um, a Guns N' Roses song, you know. There's a, yeah. a, a, a rawness that that um, most records don't have, and so there's a there's a lot of really great records out there that that I like for different reasons.
1: And you always have such great players with you. There's always such uh, great musicians uh, surrounding with you. Are you picking them out, or is it a producer? How do you, how do you come together with with the band?
9: Um. No. Yeah. I I usually pick them out. I've, I used to, you know, before uh, anybody knew who I was, I was doing um. Clubs on sunset, like Mm -hmm. three nights a week. So I got to know a lot of musicians and it's a very small little club musicians, you know. Everybody kinda knows each other and and um so I try to pick the best ones, you know, and and really it's the ones who who are the best at playing my kind of music, you know.
1: And you're able to connect pretty quickly if you know somebody is going to be somebody who should be playing your kind of music, would you know within minutes or sometimes it takes a little while to kick in?
9: No, you know right away. It's yeah. like it's like you know when you're dating. You know, like yeah. you take somebody out to dinner, but you really don't have to do all that. Like you know, the minute they open the door.
1: So you do believe in that. You do believe that there's a connection, a spark, whether it's in love or work or anything. Uh, it happens almost on a, like an unconscious level.
9: Oh yeah, definitely. I I think that we all. Uh, I, I think the energy is the, is the biggest thing. You know, more important than. Anything you could think about, or contrive, or plan—you know—there's always like, like energy and there's force in the air that, like, you know, really puts a lot of things together. You know.
1: Is that how you do it with the writing? in The same way? You just let it? Uh, you try to connect to that energy? Yeah. When you write? I,
9: um, absolutely. I mean, uh, when I write lyrically, anyway, most of it is is uh, inspired by things going on in my life. So, so. So I, that's why, you know, even when I'm having uh, ups and downs in my career, I, I trust that it's for a reason and, and blah, blah, blah.
1: So it, do you feel like they're, like you're on some kind of a path that you're just that you're just following or do you feel like you have much to do with it all? You know, when you say it, like everything's for a reason, do you feel like the reason is something outside of you or are you yourself doing it?
9: No, most things left up to me, I, I, I screw them up pretty quickly, but... Um, uh, I do believe in God. I, mm-hmm. I think that faith is huge. I think when you, when you really believe in, and just leave things to a higher power, things go a lot better for yeah. you. But on the other side, you you know, you can't just sit around laying in bed all day, you know? So, um, I don't know. I believe in goodness. I think if your intentions are good and, and, uh, you do your best at something and you, and you don't give up, you'll probably get where you want to go and stuff like that. I mean, some things are pretty basic, I think.
1: Yeah, I do yeah. too. I just, you know, of course, obviously the thing with faith is I also see how many things have, is fucked up in the world. You know, when people have really strong faith yeah. and try to put it on and try to get other people to follow it, it always seems to be a problem.
9: Yeah, it just it, it depends on how you look at it. You know, I, I, you could say everything's fucked up in the world or you could say it might be fucked up for a reason like the earthquakes you know yeah like the hawaiian islands were created from an earthquake right i mean and and like my new album was was created from all the you know all the stuff that went wrong in my life last year
1: (laughs) all right what was some of the stuff uh before you did the uh the sellout it felt like you needed or you had some kind of bad stuff going on and then you then you were able to write from that what kind of stuff was going down
9: I was just having like you know like really a h- hard time with my career and and in my love life pretty much everything was
1: uh uh-huh. was pretty not bubbly. <laughs> so it all hits at the same time. Mm-hmm. It all feels uh bad, but from that mm-hmm. you're able to write this album that you're really happy with and really proud of.
9: Yeah, it was it was all inspired by by all those things, you know. And I didn't know it at the time, but um you know i i you have to i think when you're an artist you know if if you are are just connected to what you're going through and and um you know, ups and downs are all right. You know, mm-hmm. happiness is really actually the worst thing that can happen
1: to an artist. Happiness, <laughs> happiness can ruin people. It's almost like I sometimes call it champ fat. Like when a yeah. uh, when a boxer will win the championship, suddenly goes out partying, he gains all this weight, and he's you know not Mike Tyson anymore. Yeah, you gotta almost have that hunger. So maybe this happens to you a couple times during your career, so that you can get that back on. You can get that hunger and go after it again.
9: Yeah, I think that's what everybody like. If you think about all the classic songs, you know, they're all like from pain or, or or your favorite singers have that little thing in their voice, you know, that's coming
1: from the stomach. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, And that's also why I think a lot of people will do stuff with, uh, you know, either alcohol or dope and kind of, the, even though they should be doing well, they'll, they'll become like a junkie or whatever, mm-hmm. just to have that manufactured problem. Uh, I I, I guess we need a better way to get to that same feeling rather than, yeah. you know, torture yourself and do bad things to yourself.
9: Well, I, I don't know if they do that on purpose. Uh, one thing, like, fame and money brings is, like, you get to, like, go out and uh, satisfy all your curiosities, you know. Like, mm-hmm. you get to go see what this drug is like and what all the fuss about is about that kind of sex, you know what I mean? Right. So... And I think what happens is uh, some people get to like it too much, or or maybe you have go out binging one night and you write the best song you've ever written, which has happened.
1: <laughs> it's happened to you.
9: So you so you get stuck on thinking that that was the reason, you know. So right. There's a lot of reasons I think artists fall into that, and, and it's an unfortunate stereotype. But um, but I, I think everybody's you know does it for different reasons.
1: Yeah, but if you look at people like Billy Holiday or Bird. Mm-hmm. You know, and that kind of genius that came out of that, you're like, I wish there you could have gotten to that genius without kind of self-destructing. You know, I mean, I wish yeah. that I wish you could get to that.
9: Yeah. And and
1: I think that is the point, you know, to be at now.
9: Yeah, but you have to think like if if Billie Holiday would have ever written those songs, you know, if she'd yeah. been like this happy chick, you know what I mean?
1: But maybe is there a way to get to? Because we want to keep you, Macy. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> Thank you. We want to keep you, darling. So I want you to get to those songs while going through it all. That's That's my wish for you. The sellout uh, is June 22nd. Mm -hmm. What a pleasure to get the chance to meet you, darling.
9: Thank you. You
5: too.
1: You take care of yourself now. All right. There's a little Macy Gray in there. So Fez, you just came in and tell me um, that on only, only on the XM side did they did they run something?
2: Yeah, uh, one of the emergency broadcast system tests. Right. So uh, apparently, no emergency for serious subscribers. But right. XM ran a uh, test mm. during the Macy Gray interview.
1: Well, we'll try to uh, replay that during an RBI night one night. Uh, Macy Gray, how weird is that to show up? That's pretty fucking cool. I know. Did you see her have the nods before the thing even came in? Yeah, she was slumping a little bit in there. She came in, uh, sat in her chair, and Dave tried to set her up, and she just put on some sunglasses and kind of shut it. I could see her eyes and just shut her eyes back a little bit. And I'm like, I am going to you know, try to stay real quiet. <laughs> And start the interview with her asleep. But as soon as the song went like up, I said you had the nods a little bit. She's like, yeah, I like that song. That's a good song. <laughs> the
4: microphone was set for a regular person. Yeah. But when she came in on her chair, it was like, I don't... She's like
1: six foot tall, though, just see her. Incredibly tall. And I look down, I'm going, does she have some kind of platform shoes mm-hmm. on? Nope. Yeah. And she was wearing flats. She's the original. Yeah, she with is. the hair and the glasses. She's oh, all Macy. You know, yeah. she, you say she's original, but again, she reminds me of so many, you know what I mean? Like, she could be like fucking Sly in the Family Stone. Right. You know I mean, she could have yeah. easily been with Sly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got to get out and do your taboo a little bit. (laughs) Don't matter what dope you're doing or what's happening. You hear about a little bit of this sex. One time I was talking with uh, Jay Moore, and he said to me, "Uh, I would love to fuck Macy Gray because it would be like fucking a baby. (laughs) And I thought it was just the funniest (laughs) fucking thing ever. Because she does have like a little baby talk. Yeah, Macy. I love that. Wait, and is that like New Orleans or? No, she's a fucking New York girl, I think. Oh, wow, okay. Fairly sure she's a New York girl. It's very cool it's
4: a Cool way of talking.
1: Yeah, you know, everything coming around. Everybody having fun together. You know, she just had all those people that Whether with her. You don't know whether they're kids or nephews or they work for them. <laughs> Everybody looked like Macy. She would have done so much of a better penny stock chaser jingle than the
4: than the fake Macy. Gretel.
1: I like fake Macy
4: Gray. <laughs> you though. know, but after hearing her
1: in person, you know, I say, I mean, even that song, she's gonna shake your booty like it's fucking seventy <laughs> seven. You know, I like this new album.
5: It good. She was she th- could almost
4: be in that like fucking like Muppets band. That, like, Dr. whatever his fucking name What's is. What's the name
1: of FSU the This mm. one the only band you know. The Dr. Yeah. Something's Medicine Show or some <laughs> shit?
2: Oh, um, I'm not sure. I'll find out. How hard can it be? It's not that difficult. That's what Google But you know what I'm saying. saying. You feel the energy of it all.
1: I fucking 100% believe it, too. Like, all this shit that sounds trippy. But how do you like to do it? You go to Serbia. One of your fu- fucking dancers jumps in the pool. Everybody dives out. I'd be <laughs> like, "You're fucking Serbians." Before we get to any place, you're fucking Serbians. Yeah, they should so get that straight. And they could have
4: brought up, like, "We're Americans. Um, right. You're lucky that we're not going to call like an airstrike on you right now." Doctor Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. All right, that, very nice. She could have been in that fucking band. Fuck yeah, she. That was been a good, good band, band, though,
8: by the way,
1: in terms of puppets. I used to sing with him for a couple of years. <laughs> Yeah, she definitely has. It's like funk, hippie, fucking soul. It's a whole weird deal going down. There. Yeah. they're not like New York with 9,000 different cultures. <laughs> but then 4,000 people come up and they rock that fucker. <laughs> I really like her. I like everything about her. You are related to a psychopath. That's always weird. Who can stop in here? You turn around. You, could you see Macy Gray? Yeah. We can't bring her in. How you doing? I almost fall asleep here in this chair. Hi, baby. I looked over and fucking Dave looked like he was hypnotized. <laughs> out. All right, we got to take a break here. Back in uh, just a couple of minutes. And Fez uh, is the all-new Clean Fez. He wants to plug the fact that Friday we're going to be giving away stuff here playing Search, Search, Hurry Up and Search. And also, of course, we'll announce some of the prizes when we get back for Search, Search, Hurry Up and Search. And Fez has something needs to get off his chest. Ron and Fez show.
0: Sirius 197, XM 202. Ron and Fez.
1: Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. You think I'm
0: fucking
10: with you? I am not fucking with you. A. B. A always B B C closing. Always be closing.
5: Always
1: be closing. They Ron and Fez show, 866 ron Zero Fez. 866 ron 0 Fez. Ron Bennington, Fez Watley. Just hanging out with you today till 3 o'clock. Uh, happy birthday to a very good buddy of ours, Dean, who we haven't seen in a long time. Dean from Brooklyn. I believe he's 80 today, but I'm not exa- I'm really bad with the years. Then
2: he looks good.
1: He looks great, then, if he's yeah. 80. Yeah, I think he's 79. 79?
2: Okay. Oh, then next year's the big party. I guess. I guess it is. Not a surprise one. It may be too much.
1: So, uh, happy birthday to uh, Dean... Uh, Dean Dean The Dancing Machine uh, Fezzy giving out some stuff on Friday What do you got for us
2: uh, Play search search hurry up and search On Friday make sure you're following on 202 friends Some of the prizes were given out Signed by Harry Shear A DVD copy of the film Mighty Wind Great Christopher Guest movie Signed by Harry Shear uh, We also have the DVD of Kendra The first season Signed by Playboy model Kendra Wilkinson and the CD copy of Damage by Black Flag, signed by Henry Rollins. Wow! Wow! Very cool prices. That's fucking huge. For search, search, hurry up and search. That's going to be this Friday. Make sure that you're following at 202 Friends if you want to get in on winning some of this stuff.
1: Well, we do. We all do, Fuzzy. Some cool stuff to give out today. Uh, first, uh, Macy Gray wants to talk to us again. Yes, Macy.
7: Hey baby, how you doing? Um, I think I, I might have left a white bag of powder on the console. Oh, that's not. This is not, this is not because the I real Macy. This is not the real I'm Mace. having sure. trouble staying awake in the
1: car. No, this is not the real Macy Gray. It's.
7: You know what? I just want to say it was really nice seeing y'all. anytime you need songs for weddings or
1: jingle
5: contests. Well, you did that w- great
1: jingle for us, uh, Macy. Uh, we oh. ought to play. We ought to play the, the jingle that you did.
5: Changes our I have. What will I do with it? I'll buy some stock. Time to overcome my stock market fear at pennystockchaser.com. I play it off like I know what I'm doing, but I about to go bankrupt here I go I tried to buy some stock on my own buy myself but I, I try to hide it it's clear thank God goodness,
7: I chase my here you know I came out with that I really needed that album dollars. good thing I have this new album coming out hopefully I can make some money over that
1: all right darling all right I love you take care uh rich in Long Island.
0: How you doing, guys? I got a spy report for you. Uh, what do you got? I got um, the Jets are going to be the team that HBO will feature on Hard Knocks next season.
1: Very, very cool. The Hard Knocks uh, show will be uh, the. I'm going to. I'm going to predict this, and I don't know what kind of season they're going to have, but I think they're going to be known as the controversial New York Jets. I have the feeling last year they were the surprise team. This year, I think they're going to think they're, they are they owed something or deserve something, and it's either going to go really far or explode and become a lot of problems. Where are you on that bet? Uh?
4: I feel that they're very entitled, and unfortunately, this is just going to raise their already very, you know, kind of like uh, uppity like, um, ego, and I think that Rex Ryan is just ahead of that. The guy does
1: not know when to be humble at the detriment of his team. It's kind of fun, though. I I know that because you hate the Jets, it's different different feel, but it's kind of fun to have a guy like him in the league. Um, while we're talking, let's uh, start some Ichibons here today. How about this? They say the, the Jersey Shore Nets, that's the worst team in basketball, the Jersey Shore Nets hit another low Monday night. When the C.E.L. Brett Snooki, your mark, uh, shouted out a fan wearing a paper bag over his head. Dave, at one time you were a Nets fan. Still am. And Looking at one of the worst seasons in the history of the NBA. Yeah,
4: we're you know we're we're very close, very close to that Sixers of uh, nine uh, nine wins for the entire year. Where but are they right now? I believe the Nets have uh, seven, maybe eight, but but definitely not nine. And there's not that many fucking regular
1: season games left. How do you feel about this? The CEO is at the game. Sees a guy wearing a bag over its head, which we can all fucking agree on, played stupid but you want a CEO who gets fucking so fired up about the team he's going to fucking scream at a fan or should he keep his mouth shut? Dave, I'll go to you first.
4: No, the uh, fans are don't yell at the fans who have paid to get into the st- into the arena. You know, these people have already given you their money. That's not fair to do. Go after fucking people who are talking shit about your ball club that don't pay, say, you're not true fans. Don't yell at the fans who are paying you money.
2: It says, well, you're a true fan if you wear a bag over your head. I think you're a true fan. I think you're still a true fan. You're there. You're, you're voicing your displeasure with where the team is. And it's a dumb fucking bit, though. It's been done so many times. But it's one of the ways to, that you can immediately show your displeasure. Mm. You know, are you going to write a letter to this guy? Is that going to, you know, get across his desk even? But you're going to end up on TV showing that you don't agree with where this, what this team's doing and where they're at right now. And anyone who complained in an email, we didn't hear about the, the CEO coming after them, this got this guy's attention.
1: All right. So use the old bit from the New Orleans Saints, bag over the head, and the CEO yells at
4: you. It's a stupid bit. But the the, the 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 fan's lame for not coming up with anything original.
1: But let's face something. The CEO knows completely that this is not a good season. It may be the worst fucking season in the history of basketball. So I think that the fucking bag over the head, um, it's just dumb. It's just like, please put me on fucking TV.
2: But I think with, with getting the CEO fired up, so many times as a sports fan, you wonder if the owner or whoever's running the team even cares that they're losing or not this at least this fan knows that this guy cares about the team
1: i don't think any fucking guy who's the ceo of anything that is dog shit doesn't fucking know what's going on i, re- I mean this is beyond they're having an off year this is historical it's garbage get them to brooklyn i mean the thing is the fact that they're, they're talking about going to brooklyn mm-hmm. means that they have no connection to the jersey fans because if you're in jersey you're not going to drive through a tunnel through a city then over a bridge to watch this fucking game in brooklyn not going to happen for you you're just done
4: i mean there you you don't have to go through the tunnel though to get to brooklyn from jersey you can fucking you know well anyway the the, two bridges no you you can you you can take you know that that fucking you know that staten island verrazano bridge verrazano will get you right to brooklyn you know what that cost six bucks Fifteen bucks, my friend. Fifteen dollars? I have Easy Pass.
1: I don't know. Well, the Easy Pass doesn't make it cheaper. Oh, really? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Easy Pass should pay but the same amount In of money. any event, Ronnie,
4: another little thing is, the, you know. This, Maybe it's
1: only 12 bucks. I don't know.
4: This fucking team is, you know, this isn't the guy who is the future of the Nets. Uh, this Russian dude bought the uh, uh, New Jersey Nets, and that's the guy everyone's looking up to. So it seems like this is a little bit of, you know, I, I, I'm going to make some headlines. I'm, I, I'm sour grapes that I'm going to lose my team soon.
1: Uh, Catholic TV debuted 3D programs Tuesday in an effort to reach younger people and make the faith message more vivid. Let's go to a Catholic east side. Dave, will this work, Dave?
4: No, it's not going to work. This, this is crazy talk. First of all, no one has 3D televisions yet. Catholics do. <laughs> no, they don't. So you're using technology on the wrong people. This kind of fucking tech. You know, these people are supposed to be humble. These these kind of like really conventional Catholics.
1: I don't know. Do you ever see their churches? Their churches, but I'm talking about... Their Amer- churches are made out of gold.
4: The, American, though, Catholics who like this kind of shit. And Christians in general, they're not going to be buying fucking 3D TVs. I saw
1: a a bishop uh, sitting on a throne before. I don't know about Humble. Fezzi. will this work?
2: It'll absolutely work. Everyone's enthralled with Avatar and 3D. You're going to get the young Catholic kids in. It's another step forward. It's like no longer doing the Mass in Latin. You know, it's it's something a little bit more progressive.
1: You are point-counterpoint with him. You just go against everything that Davey Mack has to say today. The new clean Fez Watley is a man of fire. I will say this. Uh, the fact that they have Avatar means that what they do is going to look lamer. That's the problem with it. So when it's like, hey, the kids like rap music, so we'll have the nuns rap. It It never fucking works when the established people... Try to be cool; they just end up looking fucking lamer. That's the problem. We just talked yesterday
4: about you know the um, video games, and one of the worst games of all time was fucking Bible, the the game. And this is on the same exact
1: plane. And yeah, they did the same thing. Like kids like video games. Let's give them the Bible as a video game. Uh, Keep it going. Jumpin' Joe Biden, Delaware Zone actually said this to the president, and it got picked up on the mic. Uh, He's introducing the president of the United States and, of course, the new health care bill. And he leans over and says to the president, this is a big fucking deal. Um, Here's the big question. Is this classless or fun? This time, I'll start it off with Fez Watley. So we can't immediately disagree with Dave. Fez, classless or fun?
2: This is fun, Joe Biden. This was a celebration. This was a party at the White House. They finally got something done in the Obama administration. Just so
1: you know, it wasn't a celebration or a party. It was a press conference, and he was overheard saying fuck to the president of the United uh, States of America. It's a somewhat strange situation. Now, I don't think that... He shouldn't say it to him fucking backstage. But let's face it, we know guys who've been fired in radio for making this kind of mistake. Do we have a, uh, do we have him saying it all, Pep? Uh, we, we don't have the clip because
4: I think the clip wasn't audible.
2: Okay. We couldn't make it out, we, is what happened. We couldn't
1: make it out. All right. Uh, Dave, what do you think? Classless or fun?
4: Counterpoint in that it's very classless. Um, <laughs> The fact of the matter is, as Ron brought up, you know, there are times and places, Mr. Biden, and don't bring this up in a formal place where you're supposed to be talking. This gives the fucking Republicans reasons to scream baby killer and the Congress and all this
2: bullshit because you act fucking informally. He was he was trying – yes, the mic caught it, but he was trying to whisper it in the president's ear. It's so stupid. It's obviously – you know, that's how their relationship is, and that's how they talk to each other. But then don't
4: blame the guys who are on the other aisle in Congress who yell every time Obama fucking speaks because they get their fucking shit from Biden. They yell it out.
2: Biden tried to whisper it.
4: It's the same thing. It's a fucking informal thing. You know, god damn it. Fucking – 20, 30 years ago, even, people
1: used to have a certain behavior that they would do. In so this quite f- frankly, in this Dave, season. maybe we don't anymore. Maybe it's time to say we don't. The United States of America is an Excel channel. Who gives a shit? No one's going to be hurt that this guy said this. But at the same time, I got to agree with Dave as the lack of formality mm-hmm. with the president of the United States does set a fucking precedent well, maybe the precedent's been said a little bit, you know, term by term. But it just does make it feel like, well, this isn't TV, it's HBO. Um, really, really, really funny to see stuff like this come down. Here's uh, Bob. Bob, you're on the Run-A-Fest show.
0: Hey, guys. How you doing? Um, I was at the Tape yesterday of the Tom Davis interview and, and was just shocked how, how good it was and, and really not knowing that he was kind of at the nexus of that whole SNL 70s, 80s crew.
1: You know what? I talked to a lot of people after that, Bob, and Mm -hmm. I'm shocked that people didn't know that uh, coming in. I honestly didn't think that I had to sit around and explain Franken and Davis to the listener, but uh, maybe I should have. Maybe I should have taken some time because I had a lot of people say to me, oh, I didn't think that this was going to be good, and it was great. I was totally excited to have Tom Davis come in here, but I, I read a lot of the Saturday Night Live books.
0: Okay, well, I mean, I'm I'm only 31. I wasn't really watching that. So, I mean, I've seen the stuff since then, but just the way you know the conversation going from from Frank and Chevy Chase, G Gordon Lady. I mean, come on.
1: Yeah, it was a fucking. It, it's it's actually a classic one. It's a really great uh, unmask. Um, so,
0: yeah, and, and thanks to the whole crew, everybody. And it, was, uh, it was it was really great.
1: By the way, I I, I saw this on the Twitter something that the side Lama wrote. I didn't know that the side Lama was here. That's the one that beat you, Dave, in the Twitter contest? No,
4: that's a jerk. Jerk off.
1: <laughs> which one is which? Someone taunting
4: me, just like this, you know, whatever. This, you know, people taunting me with Eastside Llama.
1: It's I didn't not, know that. It's not fair. Uh, Nick in Texas, you're on Runa Fez.
0: Good afternoon, guys. I just think that, you know, considering that they are like the heads of the FCC, you know, they're not really in charge, but they are... They have to have lead it by example. They shouldn't do this and then turn around, and the FCC is giving violations to people in broadcasting for this, and yet these guys don't
1: have enough decorum not to use the F word. It, it, it's it's right. a really interesting situation because Obama was one of the guys who gave Imus a fucking the back of his hand based on the the, the motherfucking uh, thing that Imus said. They don't live any better. They don't live any better at all.
4: No, and but, but I mean, they're politicians. You can't be so stupid as to drop F-bombs and think you're going to get away with it. Well,
1: but why not just say the fucking truth? Words aren't that important. Um, words are only worth the meaning that you give them. In the same way that you are not uh, offended by one word, there's no reason to be offended by another. It's not that big a fucking deal. Period. I mean, Fez, you get upset over any kind of, you know, faggot thing. Right. There are people who are just as upset if they hear fuck. They feel like they've been shot in the side every time they they hear it. Um, it's time to say to them, stop it. Everybody stop it. Look at Joe Biden and the president. Aren't Don't give a shit. Nobody does. Um, Jeff, Pittsburgh, you're on run of Fez. Hey,
0: guys. I, I think that we're we're ultimately going to move beyond this because Biden
7: said it, and this is not political chain, he said it, and people were shocked. Right. Bush said it before that, and people were more shocked. It's just like when Ginsburg was derailed as a Supreme Court justice nominee because he smoked weed. They don't even ask that question anymore. It's just something we move beyond. It's yeah. a word. That's all it is. It's a word.
1: I thought this was uh, very interesting, too, uh, because stuff had come up about Franken and Davis, and, you know, uh, Tom Davis was very open about drug stuff in his book and it didn't it never got brought up by the republicans in the senate race because we are more or less beyond that now that if you came up in the 60s the 70s you probably experimented with stuff if you live on the in the United States of America you use what used to be known as salty language The thing that fucking bugs me is that nobody come up and said this during any of the shock jock trials, that Obama is acting like, well, you know, people have to be careful what they say or some words. Instead of saying, you should hear me and Biden, Uh, we call each other cocksuckers and we laugh and fall on the floor about it. We don't care. It's stupid. It's stupid every time people act like they get fucking offended. Um, Here's uh, Chris Sherman Fez.
0: Yeah, uh, well, you remember, I think it was well, three or four years ago when Bush and Cheney, you know, the president was set there when they called that, uh, I think, one reporter a major league asshole, and Cheney was like, yeah, he's a real dickhead or something
7: uh, like that. I don't that. think I mean, so it's always out uh, there. came
1: up, but I think it was asshole. Yeah. But at the same time, are we going in that direction or are we going in a formal direction? We can't fucking pick and choose. You can't just say... Well, sometimes it's okay, and sometimes it's it's either okay or it's not. Personally, I'll vote for okay, but then don't come to me. I want to fucking you know be all upset because some fucking guy on his morning show, out in the uh, dipshit fucking Arizona, said something stupid on the air, and it's time we run him. Doesn't make sense to me.
4: Yeah, but a, a well-spoken, non you know cursing president, I think, still fits. Even in 2010, I don't want my president talking like he's in a Tarantino movie. Why? Because it's just... It, it, just, it was the, the vice
1: president. Yeah, but the president, the vice the president, president... was fine with it. Yeah, I mean, You know what I mean? Like, I'm if you fucking guys. said to me, all the blacks should die, and I don't fucking... I'm just like, oh, you know, I don't know what you mean. You know what I mean? Like, at some fucking point, act like we've all been there. You can't just say, well, I didn't say it, he did. I did say that to you. And I and I remember reporting you to Earl. All right, this is the NFL, uh, Davey Mack, and they have changed the overtime rule for postseason games starting next season. If a team wins the toying costs and then kicks a field goal, the other team gets the ball. If that next series ends with a field goal, they continue play under the current sudden death rules. If the team winning the... Toyn cause immediately scores a touchdown, game over, we are done. So basically this, uh, the Fez Watleys are playing the Ron Benningtons. If they uh, come down and kick a field goal against me, the game is not over. It's not sudden death. I get the opportunity to go back, tie it up, or if I score a touchdown, I win. And I take it that if Fez stops me, the game's over.
2: No, I, you, no. it keeps going till somebody's up by uh, six.
1: So you would have to kick another field goal. Right, yeah. Gotcha, all right.
2: Yeah, it, it, would, it would still keep going.
1: Uh, let's go over to point or counterpoint. Davey Mack, you're, you're our sportsman. What do you think of this?
4: Well, first of all, David Red mcdonald um, gave you the inside scoop that this was a realistic possibility. You did. A, a few weeks ago, and um, so I would like to have that in my hat.
1: Well, Fez has already laughed and at you for that, so I, <laughs> I didn't have the opportunity.
4: Um, here's the thing. <clears throat> the problem still exists where if a team gets the fucking football to begin the game, they march down the field, score a touchdown, the other team has still not touched the ball. NFL, it's about both teams touching the ball. So this rule is silly have a fucking six-minute goddamn overtime. End of the and, and if people score thirty points in that, then they score thirty points. That's it.
1: So you are still upset by the ruling because it's still a sudden death game. If
4: fucking here's the th- if the the Vikings and Saints went to overtime, right? Yeah. If Drew Brees had gone down and scored a touchdown, Favre still would have not have touched the fucking football. Gotcha.
1: Let's go
2: to Fez Watley. Fez Watley. I love this idea. Tell I th- me what you like. I think it makes a, it adds even more drama and excitement to an overtime game. Now, let, let's
1: say something. Have you ever said to yourself, it's a playoff game, and we're in overtime, and there's not enough drama and excitement? You're already betting money. I don't think this is about drama and excitement I think it goes back to what Dave is talking about. It's got to be about fairness. Mm -hmm. Is it a fair ruling?
2: Yeah, I think it's a fair ruling. Yeah, if you can get in your opponent's end zone and it's over, then I see nothing wrong with that. That's That's the way the rules are now!
1: Basically, the rule would be what they are saying, Dave. It's the same ruling, only we don't count a field goal. And (laughs) here's where I think this hurts the NFL. You're saying... What I've said for years, the field goals fucking ruin the game. Field
4: goal's pussy now. Yeah. Field goal's not a real win.
1: Could you imagine if the NBA said to themselves, you can't end a game on a fucking foul shot point? That point will not be enough. You know what I mean? Right. It's a ridiculous fucking ruling only based on that. You're saying the field goal doesn't matter. Now, the whole point was, again, and I hate to back Dave up, but are both teams going to get a chance to score, much like baseball, where everybody gets a fair chance and they're three outs? The answer is still no. Not if you can take the ball down and score a touchdown.
4: Right. And the the the, the important part of this is this rule is specifically for postseason. So I don't want to hear people talk about, well, they got to spare the guys from injuries. It's the postseason Fuck that shit. Have one more quarter. It doesn't have to be 15 minutes, but it could be six, it could be eight, it could be ten minutes. Have one quarter of overtime, and that's it. Whoever's at the end of that with the clock hits zero is the winner.
1: Uh, and they've also not brought in the safety in the fucking play. No. There's the no safety. They, 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 they're not, not paying attention mm-hmm. to uh, the other types of way to score in the game. You're you're basically saying we have a couple scores in our game that don't matter to us. What if a team got like two fucking safeties? They they still wouldn't win. (laughs) They wouldn't win. They would have to keep playing. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. You can't have a game that seems like it hates itself.
4: NFL, wake the fuck up, Roger Goodell. Stop worrying about Roethlisberger. You either
1: take it back to it's sudden death or it's a quarter it's an X amount of time period.
4: Exactly. Thank you. Don't
1: you? You can't
4: have it both ways. That's all I want. I want one more quarter, and you decide, Roger
2: Goodell.
1: Now, how much time? My point always came down to this: if you don't, if you if you lose the coin costs, fuck you. You should have had more points during the game. I got no problem with the unfairness of flipping a fucking coin because it's your fuck you are in jeopardy if you don't win the game in the allotted fucking time. Period.
4: The one, the only thing the XFL ever did right, though, I feel, was instead of, a twine, <laughs> oh God, instead of a coin toss, I can't even say it properly, they put the ball in the middle of the field, and two guys had to run after the ball. Whoever got first got the ball first. Look, maybe, I, maybe they could do something like that.
1: I think it would come down to this. If you fucking score, have a tie game, At the end of the fucking game, the team that scores last lost because you have the opportunity to go for two and you ain't fucking doing it. Uh You ain't playing to win. You're playing to tie. So fuck you. Just like in fucking baseball, tie goes to the runner. Tom Osborne. You want to fucking be a man, go for fucking two.
4: Osborne went for two in Nebraska. It's what made him a great coach when he went for the two that one time. But the time. that
1: way you really uh, fucking need to get to a point where, you know, either you have sudden death or you don't. It's fucking stupid. Uh, Pat, and you don't need to add more fucking confusion to this already stupid fucking game. Patrick Boston.
0: Ronnie B, sound like a million bucks. Uh, I got Feeling a lot less U-
8: today.
0: NFL Ichiban. Apparently, uh, right before they were taking the Wonderlic test, Tim Tebow asked all the players to bow their heads for a prayer, and an unnamed player told him to shut the fuck up.
1: Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether that's true, and really, I don't care much about it. Um. I don't care much about it. Tim Tebow doesn't have a lot of interest for me. I need him to come in. And dominate the fucking game, and then I'll sit around and talk about anything else with them. Stan, New Hampshire, you're on hey. Renifaz.
0: What's going on, guys? Hey, I just want to say, Ron, i got something on the safety for you, too. But first thing is, uh, I don't like that the rule doesn't apply in regular season. This only applies in the playoffs.
1: It's year. very annoying. Uh, you and need a far, rule.
0: And as far as the safety goes, if a team scores a safety, that counts as both teams having possession. I just read it yesterday on Pro Football Talk. So if the offensive team gets a safety scored against them, the defensive team wins because that's considered a possession for both teams. So okay. you can win on a safety.
2: I don't think it works that
0: way. Yeah, look it up. I, I checked have it you out looked it up? At
2: the, what I saw was that a team has to get six points to win in playoff overtime. Right,
0: but they're considered having a possession. What it is is both teams have to have had a possession, and then after that a field goal will win the game. It's very confusing the way the rules so are laid out. I don't,
1: it isn't six points. It's each team needs a, a possession, period.
0: Yeah, you can look it up on, like I said, go check ProFootballTalk.com. It's so fucking it ridiculous. It it's each, really
1: embarrassing.
4: Each team needs a possession unless the first team gets a touchdown. So, again, Correct. the rule fucking fails.
1: Why are you on their side, Fuzzy? Why do you back the NFL up no matter what?
2: I thought it seemed like an exciting thing to do, and it made it harder. Instead of just kicking a field goal, it made it tougher right, to get. This,
1: this fucking bothers me. Just kicking a field goal means we don't value field goals. We think they're shit. If you can't win the game on a field goal, why are we having one? It's almost like if baseball started complaining about a guy coming in on a pass ball. Like suddenly you hear you have to hit the ball over the fence to win the fucking game. Then you don't like the game that you have. All right, you can't win a game on an error. Uh, why do you fucking hate the game that you already fucking have? And then the Scott Norwood wouldn't
4: happen. Vinatieri would not be a player. It's just, if it's you just crazy. Don't, if you don't
1: like field goals, let's get rid of them. I'm all fucking for it. I got no problem. I would be I, I fun think, to have a Madden game. I think fucking fourth and long is way more fucking interesting than a fucking field goal. I think field goals are fucking dull. Uh, Mark P. A. Fez.
0: Hey, man, how are you doing? Yeah. Hey, uh, if def- if the defense scores, game's over. And I also heard just a field goal, uh, the other team gets another gets to uh, uh, gets a possession. If they don't score a field goal, game's over.
1: It just doesn't make fucking sense. Yeah, that's sense. true. I mean, I thought, and I still think, college football with that stupid starting at the twenty is the most ridiculous thing. Of You just have a different game now. The game that you played all the time no longer makes sense to you. What, you have what, a new game.
4: What's confusing is it's 2010. There's plenty of models. Fucking basketball has a, a five-minute quarter. It's not the 15-minute quarter. It's 5 12 minute quarter. Yeah, but
1: basketball is not constantly worried about people getting hurt. But,
4: you know, it's the postseason, Mr. B. No, I get, not I agree with you. fucking week two shit. So it's the postseason. You know what? Your fucking linebacker gets hurt. Tough. You have two more games to play.
2: Um, Yeah, playoff games. They're very important.
4: So what? The fucking teams win playoffs all the time with guys getting hurt. JJ,
1: JJ, you're on the Ron Feds show.
0: Hey, what's up, buddy? Yeah. How about we just have the fucking coin cough and that's it? Don't even play. Whoever wins a goddamn flip fucking wins. How's that?
1: I have no problem with it because it's still, you. it's your fucking job to me to win at the end of the game. you got to win the fucking game. And the team that's in front should hold an advantage. And this whole thing is, I'm going to kick a 60-yard fucking field goal to tie, or we have the opportunity to win this game, but I'm just going to kick an extra point and set it in the overtime? Then fuck you. That shouldn't be advantage to you. I could care less about this fucking stupid game. (laughs) It really drives me nuts. And the, and when you're on the other side of the year from football, like right now, you're like, what a bunch of idiotic fucking behavior that is. Yeah, really. Um,
4: but, you know, Roethlisberger, um, the, cops Roethlisberger
1: not, like <laughs> the cops have not. Roethlisberger, uh, more like
4: Rapist The cops have not gotten, uh, uh, the cops do not want to get DNA samples from him. So some people are thinking that's a a good sign for him. Now, why would there be any DNA samples? What did he do, jack off on her? That's the other thing, is that other people are saying, well, if he fucking grabbed tits, there's not going to be any DNA things to
1: have. But, I don't know, it works both ways. This guy's a big fucking imbecile. I don't know who that dumb fucking girl was. Is this out in western Pennsylvania? Yeah. Who's this if- cold cracker that crawled in the fucking men's <laughs> urinal with him? What the fuck is wrong with her? Yeah,
4: he a really fat head, that Roethlisberger.
1: Oh, God, he's got a gigantic refrigerator head. He, he ought to fucking have... You know what? You're not going to jail, but we're going to put Easter Island on the back of your uniform, <laughs> you big fucking retard. It was like that he's, statue from
4: Lost last night.
1: He's got a fucking head like a tackling dummy. What a moron. He's bigger than his own fucking front line, this big son of a bitch. He's Macy Gray big. He, he, <laughs> Macy Gray looked like Roethlisberger came
4: in here. He's used to do advertisements for this poster company called Fathead. I was like, that's fucking uh, ironic. Did he really? Yeah. yeah. He should have just fucking spray painted his own <laughs> head. There's no wall that can hold that. They, they should have just renamed the poster line Roethlisberger's. Fuck Fathead.
1: <laughs> mm. What? Fathead. What? If if I, he was marketing a product for me for me, I'd have him just say, "Buy this or I'll rape you." What a thick fuck he is! Big fucking tombstone head.
4: And he can never get the goatee. Ben, just shave, dude, because you can't grow facial hair. It fucking I hate when white people can't grow it, but they refuse to like give into that.
1: He ought to just go out every winter and shovel the fucking driveway with that big head of his. A, all right. If he fucking has to do community service, they've got to uh, show some kind of "Don't Take not movies on his forehead. while all the kids sit around like with blankets underneath them? Big-headed motherfucker. I think, I think I put it into his mouth on the seventeenth <laughs> hole in miniature golf. He does. He's got a he's got a free game fucking head going on. You fuck. I think. Steelers. uh What a bunch of fucking lunatic rapists they are out there. I think
4: at the end of episode four, Luke Skywalker bombed his head and it blew up. He's got a Death Star <laughs>
1: head, this cockfuck. I don't know how. I guess you've got to shoot it into his nostril to finally make his head explode. That's no moon.
4: Why wouldn't they just
1: cover the nostrils
2: up? Who would leave that hole there? Well, fuck did they left it open. Why? They didn't think anybody could get in there and shoot. <laughs> what was the point? Well, they said in the movie, there's a slight danger. Well, we shouldn't have that much. What are you guys, on the side of the empire? Who am I fucking doing this <laughs> show with? Let's take some plywood.
1: Um, James Kennedy, you're on Rona Fez. Hey,
0: good morning, you guys. Hey, uh, Yeah, I don't know about that. These new roles at the NFL overtime kind of sounds gay, but in the CFL, and I've heard it's the same, CFL being Canadian Football League, and I've heard it's the same as college, in overtime... Both teams, well, you flip a coin. Whoever wins the coin gets to choose if he wants to defend or go on offense first. So then the other team starts on the 35 on offense. Basically, you score a touchdown. Then the other team gets the ball. they got to score a touchdown to tie. And then it'll go to basically a double overtime. And let's say the team that gets the ball first. Sorry, I'm really making this
1: confusing. Okay, well, let's, let's face something. Gets- Here's what you're saying. In Canadian football... Uh, whoever is behind, they let a greased pig out on the fucking field. If you can hey. squeeze his balls, you end up getting free LeBettes.
2: I uh, think that's how it works. Go Argonauts.
4: Any, any league where Doug Flutie is the MVP like six years in a row knows that the league Well, they found
1: out he knew know how to grip the ball. He's <laughs> the only one who knows how to put his fingers
4: on the laces. Seriously. You might as well put, like, Paulie Loose bows at your fucking QB position.
1: <laughs> Why are you going to run Paulie down? That fucking kid can play. He plays for Virginia Tech. Does he really? Yeah. It's a fucking safety, this kid. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Try to get open next to him. You'll never fucking do it. I'll try. He'll smother you. Oh, well, did you hear that? They call him Shadow. That's how close
10: he <laughs> sticks to everybody. <laughs> the white shadow.
2: <laughs> the Frank fucking... Beamer signed his intern papers. Did you hear that?
4: Uh, Belichick said that he, he, he could make uh, Tebow into um, a fucking uh, uh, safety, strong
1: safety or something like that. I have a hard time believing it. Yeah, th- that's what Belichick he's a lumbering wants. fuck. I don't care what anybody
10: says.
4: If that happens and like Tebow goes on to be the next John Lynch, he will just face everyone. Everyone in the, in the league that I think that 's actually a brilliant idea by Belichick shows how he 's a genius it 's Tebow who says he only wants to play quarterback, yeah, but you know what, Tim? you cannot throw
1: the fucking but football. everybody said, oh, we like him as an athlete, but we don 't want to hand him a fucking football he 's a fucking retard he had the um, highest vertical jump
4: um, of anyone this year in the combine, and he's uh, trying
1: to that 's because he 's trying to jump to heaven. <laughs>
4: I By the way, I almost called it Columbine. <laughs> In the NFL, Columbine. <laughs> Bowling oh, <it's>... for
1: Columbine. <laughs> I went into Columbine. It was fucking <laughs> scary as shit. You didn't get past those two kids with shotguns. We'll fucking draft you. All right, we got to take a break here, Fezzy. Uh, coming up on Friday, it's a big day for us.
2: We're going to be playing Search, Search, Hurry Up and Search. If you want to play along, win some great prizes, follow at 202Friends on Twitter.com. Prizes like Harry Shearer signed uh, DVD. Uh, 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 the mighty wind. Also, we have Kendra Wilkinson, Playboy model, and her reality show, Kendra. The first season, we have that signed on DVD.
1: All right. Well, we'll come back and talk about that more when we get back here. But Davy Mac, you got something's been driving you crazy today, and you said if you didn't get the chance to talk about it, you'd go out of your mind. Yeah,
4: I have um, a double Davy Mac Fu. Okay. On the way. I had no idea. So it's a double FU. A
1: double one. You don't one want day. to miss this. It's the Ron and Fez show.
0: The Ron and Fez show. The virus on Sirius XM.
4: This is a coordinated monthly test for Sirius XM radio. Equipment that can quickly warn you during emergencies is being tested. If this had been an actual national emergency, official messages would have followed the alert tone. This concludes this test of the emergency alerts. The Run Infest Show, the Virus on
0: Sirius XM. Respect.
5: Tame the cock and tame the cunt. Tame it. Oh yeah, yeah, my black John.
1: Man, yeah, it's the Ron Fezz show. Eight six six, Ron zero Fez, Ron Bennington, Vez Watley, Dave McDonald in here, says he's got a double FU. And by FU, I'm not exactly sure what he means, but a double. Davey Mack, what's going on in your world? What's happening in Team McDonald right now? Two things upset me this morning. I was very unappreciative
4: of them both. Okay. Um, it starts with my uh, college, my alumni. They Which one? Mammoth. Mm. my true alumni. Because you went <laughs> to so many colleges. Right. Um, they give me this invitation. I printed out the document for you. It says, you might be the attraction of the 2010
1: Communication Awards. That's what oh, no. No, Dave. Don't fall for another award.
4: So... I feel like I may be nominated for something, but I called the woman and she says, "Well, that doesn't mean you're getting an award. Don't go." But she didn't. Dis- she
1: didn't say no either. <laughs> Stay away. You never win awards. Then you freak out and fucking. Fez gets mad. Now, at you. He, here's the the problem. I told this woman on the phone that
4: I am uh, working on the the Sirius XM satellite radio. It's a wonderful company. I should get a fucking award. And and just tell me, do I get an award for this or not? And she's like, I can't. I'm not going to tell you that. I'm not going to tell you that. But seventy five dollars
1: for the Don't dinner. Go. Just ignore.
4: So ignore. I feel like this is a fuck you today, but it is at the a same time. I'm going to ask my dad no. if he go can come up with 150. Go. No. And I promise you this if I don't get it, <laughs> yeah. What I did to that fucking Rick Sanchez will look like okay. peanuts.
1: So I, well, I'm going to promise you this: you're not doing it for Ronnie B. You're not okay, doing it for fine. Fez Watley. No, no you're not I doing won't. it for Sirius XM. I'm we not have nothing it, to do with you. Those names
2: aren't I'm, coming up on
1: I'm, stage. I'm doing it for me, for my own
4: personal. Like you did last shit.
2: time, <laughs> right? And it had
1: nothing to do with your love of. I got to do this one for Ronnie B. I cannot let him down. I
4: said it, 11, oh yeah, I said that to my wife, sitting uh, there, when she said, "Don't do this. This is an actual uh, real thing." That people are she taking seriously. Than the
1: thing it was made. <laughs> she knew better.
4: Um, so
1: that thats really one. Fuck pick. you. Well, What's okay, your I'm second?
8: It's the second one is on that page. that
1: well, well, you take. No, I not I don't want anything to do with your life. <laughs> I want to get my fingerprints off any of your
4: papers. See this nice email from. This is. I just went to David Red McDonald's sports show for some reason. Okay. Um, I see this nice email from uh, one of the people here that says, "Bring your child into work day." Oh, I'm like, this is fun. This is great. What a wonderful thing. Then they said, well, the kids... Um, they won an award. They said <laughs> 6 to 12. And I said, okay, I, I responded back. Is this um, a suggestion or is this a mandatory age limit? And they said, because I said, my kids 2. I was going to only bring my daughter. And she said, no, she's absolutely... Disqualified? Uh, who, who, who was this from?
8: Disqualified, disqualified
4: or in, in, ineligible? Like as if like she committed some, uh, as if she's Jerry Tarkanian committing even, some <laughs> recruitment infractions. My kid I, is ineligible for bringing your kid day.
1: So instead of getting upset, know that Ronnie B says bring your kid in any day you want. You don't have to come to bring your kid to fucking. Die. But
4: they had a whole outline of a pizza
1: party and a tour. I'll get pizza and a tour for her. Can I'll, I'll order pizza. All right, well, then maybe I will bring her in. Maybe on Friday or Any something. Any day you want to bring her in. Yeah, I'd love for her to see you do Lady Gaga. Oh, shit.
4: Maybe next Friday then.
1: No, you can bring her in this week. Seriously. <laughs> want I want fire. you to know this. And I told you that before. No, I know. And when you're having uh, problems with your son, we'll watch the baby every day. Thank you. I appreciate that. I wanted to get the kid taking Mandarin Chinese with my nephew. Really? That would have been very cool. Mandarin Chinese. He's in fucking kindergarten. Holy I, I shit. I brought this up the other day with uh, Lucy Liu. He takes Mandarin Chinese classes. They don't do Spanish anymore. Spanish is yesterday's bullshit really, uh, thing. Wow. And this kid's already bananas, as it is. <laughs> I mean, he's out of his head bananas. We're just preparing for that. Uh, I, I'll, I'll Let me give you this fucking example of the kid. They take him to some stupid fucking street fair. Some fucking... Low rent, idiotic street fair, And there's a guy there making balloons for the kids. Right. So he's making the balloons. He goes, what kind of balloon do you like, son? He goes, I don't know. He goes, what do you like? He says, Ghostbusters. This is the kid who's obsessed with the 1984 film (laughs) Ghostbusters. (laughs) So the guy starts talking to him. He's doing this thing. A minute later, and he's like, oh, yeah, Ghostbusters are going to be. He fucking puts this balloon up that is like this balloon that looks like the Ghostbuster ghost is coming around the corner. Wow. Looking at him. And all the adults are going, oh, my God. Oh, look at that. Oh, look, Benicio. Look at your Ghostbuster. He takes it. Goes like this. I was hoping for a Peter Beckman. <laughs> he wanted Peter Beckman. like, <laughs> And then I'm like, what balloon guy can sit there and fucking pull together a balloon Bill Murray for you? Oh, I was hoping for a Peter Venkman. What kind of little kid obsessed with Peter Venkman Bill Murray? Yeah. But then I think to myself, okay, you love Ghostbusters as a little kid thing. Think of all the Bill Murray days he has ahead of him. Oh, it's All be the awesome. exciting days. Yeah. That's him weird. and the king. If he,
4: you put him in like in a time, or put me in a time machine, I would. It was Ghostbusters for me. That. But was yours like,
1: was age appropriate. Yeah. Why was the seven. hell is he like something <laughs> from back then? <laughs> That's true.
2: When they do the next Ghostbusters, is he going to be concerned about how aged Bill Murray has become? Bill Murray is not going
4: to do Ghostbusters three. He's already said that. He he's,
1: said he'd do it as a ghost.
2: Yeah.
4: If That's they kill him in mean. the
2: first like real. Kill
4: him in the first act, and he's just not into it. And you don't know how do much it. money they're going to give him? It'll be like Blues Brothers 2000. Just don't do it. Please. I never saw it. Never saw Blues Brothers <laughs> it's 2000. Horrific. It's a horrific, and that's with John fucking Goodman, one of the great actors ever.
1: Uh, well, there was no reason to do it. Bizarre, right? <laughs> Fez Watley, you haven't had a chance to tell one of your stories. What's happening with you today?
2: Well, I got a call from my brother last night, my little brother, who him and his wife are expecting another baby in the fall.
1: Oh, he's the straight one in the family.
2: So he's the one with children. Mm-hmm. And they have decided... The breeder. ...on a boy's name, if it should be a boy this time. And they want to go with Urban.
1: After Urban Outfitters?
2: After <laughs> Urban Meyer, the Florida Gators coach. Oh, okay. So I just I didn't say anything, but it's like why are you doing this? It's a nutty name to begin with that and Urban Meyer doesn't even coach the team now. He stepped down for at least a year. And it's like
4: That's stupid.
2: It's like you're not trying to have a kid, you're trying to have the best Gator souvenir you can find.
1: All right, here's the interesting thing. Why didn't you say it to him? Why are you saying it to us?
2: <laughs> I don't want to hurt his feelings. He's very excited about having another baby and having this kid.
1: Maybe you felt like it's his kid. He names it what it's want, What he wants. is none of your business.
2: Well, I know it's none of my business, but it's not going to help the kid any be named Urban. And there's nothing Urban about his parents, that's well,
4: for sure. He's not going to be coaching in two years at Florida.
1: The kid's name would just be Herb.
4: You might as well call your kid Patino. These guys fucking just, they keep moving and moving. But it doesn't
1: matter. Like, you call your kid Stanley. Yeah. You named him after Stanley Kubrick. No right. one needs to know that, though. It just doesn't right. matter. The kid's name either. is his name. And after a while, right. you're not going to be looking at that kid and thinking of Stanley Kubrick. Stanley's going to seem like Stanley to you. Well, unless he grows a beard, and which I will encourage. Maybe the kid will move to the city one day, and then he's urban and living in an urban. <laughs> or maybe he's fucking playing football. But, you know, just kind of coming in and out of the game, and they call him Suburban. Or he could be that's like it,
4: Australian country guy, and he can go by like a little Keith Urban, Watley. Mm-hmm. Not He'll a deal. bad
2: thing there. Urban Keith. Urban Keith. But it just seems really short-sighted. You know, Urban Meyer could be coaching, you know, at but South Carolina. Not,
1: exactly, but the point is this. It doesn't matter. The kid's name will be the kid's name.
4: Fez went back to the coach, Lou
1: Holtz, with South Carolina. Yeah, let's suppose, like, you named a guy after Lou Holtz fucking 20 years ago when they were good. The kid would be 20 now, saying, my name is Lou. Nobody would fucking say anything about it. <laughs> right. uh, hey, Lou. You know, you just become your name.
2: Yeah. And well, it,
1: what did you want him to name the kid?
2: Fez? No, I think there's you know, there's relatives that you could name. If you wanted to honor somebody, there's grandfathers and stuff George. you could name them after.
1: But if you want to name somebody after your grandfather, you got to have your own kid. Yeah.
2: See, that's you the problem. Do I don't get a say in this. You yeah, could.
1: There's some states, I think. There's no states where the uncle's allowed to fucking say what the name of the kid is. Oh. Oh, you mean for him to adopt? For him to adopt, yeah. Well, he could always have a fucking fake baby, you know, like when you jack into a fucking <laughs> hypodermic needle and shoot it into a hooker. I don't know what that's called.
2: The insemination.
1: Ew. Look, these fuckers are naming it now. I know. It's Disgusting.
2: Your... Jesus Christ.
1: I, I come up with something bizarre as that, and the fucking day have a name for it.
2: <laughs> My brother. And Then they awful. name that kid Urban. This just reminds me of when he got his red dog beer tattoo. <laughs>
1: I remember what? he did that on my show. He was so <laughs> proud of it. Look at it. See it, Ron? It's a red dog.
2: Like, That's great, dude. And now years and years later, he has a red bulldog's you ought, face on his arm. You ought to
1: thank your lucky stars he hasn't named that boy Red Dog. Because <laughs> sure. he was at, at another time he would have.
2: Yes, he was so into that particular specialty beer. But
1: again, nobody's going to say you're named after Urban Myers. He'll just be Urban. And all these kids have fucked up names now. Nobody uh, does the gimmick of he's named after his grandfather. Kingsley. Which is kind of even weird when you think about it. Everyone's got last name, first names, like Cl- Clayton. Uh-huh. Matter of fact, I don't think you should name a kid after the grandfather unless you're in that line. You know what I mean?
2: Where it ends up being the same first and last name?
1: Well, well Yeah. Then I mean, if not, then, you know, you you fucking told stole somebody else's gimmick.
4: We have a middle name combination of my wife's grandfather, and my father. But that's the mill name. Our do whatever you want. Stan is OG. Not one in any family. I like an original name, too. Yeah, Stan and Juliana, OGs. Not one in any family. That's good. Any one of our relatives. I want
1: your name Ronnie B. But Next one, the be. third one. No, I don't want a sick kid named after me. No, the third
4: one will be healthy. You said it skips a generation. When does that one do? It's good. Well, my wife wants one. Why? Well, wants number
1: three. Really? Yeah. Wow. What are you waiting for then? Get down there and make it what happen. What are you
4: waiting for? Another an additional seventy G's. That's what I'm waiting for. Look, first of fucking all, fucking Homer Simpson over here losing my hair. Why don't
1: you take the baby, change his name to uh, Hacky McLungs, and that's the end of that?
4: <laughs> I told my wife. So I when did your wife say you? She was I... I told him I was going to Moses his ass, put him in the basket, and <laughs> send him down the river.
1: Nobody wants to feel like their baby isn't loved by the father. That's always bad. She was been saying, she, I, "Here's
4: here's here's how I know. You want to know exactly? The last time, you know, the first time she got pregnant, and stuff. She was watching the show on TLC called Baby Stories, and they would even be put in the DVR. Then right before Stan was even fucking uh, incinerated, or what's the word? Before he was uh...
1: incinerated, before you throw him in the fucking <laughs> yeah. in the
4: fire. Before you know, before we fucked, and he was." made, she was also watching the baby stories. Guess what I found a couple of days ago on the DVR? About 12 dvr baby stories on TLC. Now, did you say that? That's like the y- telling sign. Are you looking for another baby? I go, w- 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 why are you back in baby story? And she's like, oh, no, you know, I was just like watching it. And then last night she goes, do you want to have another baby? Because Stan might be getting too big soon. Yeah, too big to cut her. I go, you got to be fucking me, man. I'm not going to survive. <laughs>
1: exactly. I cannot Yet. survive 2010. Without, what is your point? I am telling you. What's wrong with, you got to have a baby. Why well, don't you and Solera have another one? <laughs>
4: How, where would the kid live? He's going to be having the, I'm going to have to put his fucking crib on the air hockey table. Dude,
1: all you, you got, a boy and a girl already. You're ready to fucking bunk bed in one of the rooms. Doesn't matter if it's a girl, you bunk bed. If it's a boy, you bunk bed. I I think they're too little for that shit. No, nah, they're adorable. They're <laughs> perfect. They're adorable. Uh, uh, Ian, you're a Yeah, guys. I was
6: going to tell Fezzy that uh, Coach Urban Meyer named after a pope. He's a good Catholic boy.
2: All right. I'll let my mother know that.
1: Yeah, that's true. And it? by the way, let her know the other bad news about the other son. That pope though <laughs> It's a lot worse <laughs> than having a fucking pope <laughs> name. I don't know if you use the term worser. I'm going to start to, though. <laughs> Look who it is. Hard Rock Johnny. Johnny. Hello, boys. How are you? and mm, none of your business, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to call to, to correct Dave. Bring it. Bill
7: Bilichek said that Kim is such a hard worker and good athlete. Is if you ask him to play nose tackle, he'd play nose tackle. You got he it. doesn't want to make him a fucking safety. He just thinks he's just saying he's a good athlete and he's a very dedicated athlete.
4: Did you see the follow-up story on ESPN2? No, I, I missed that one. Belichick said if he was available in the second round, he would consider him because he's such a, such a good athlete. He could possibly make him a defensive player. That
7: no, was... he, he's he's going to make him a quarterback if he takes him.
1: He would not make him a quarterback. He's got to make him a fucking he's, pulling guard. Anything. but he's, quarterback. he's absolutely.
7: I mean, I don't think he's going to be a quarterback in in pro football. I really don't think he can make it. But no, he just... can't.
4: He can't throw. So who am I? He can't throw across the fucking room. And it's not just the th- the uh, weak arm. He winds up. So fucking D-backs and the pros are going to pick this guy off easily.
7: Apparently he's changed his throwing motion to be quicker and not as, have as big of that wind up. So Yeah. You know. I saw that.
1: Look, you either can fucking throw or you can't. This fucking kid can't. I, when he changed his
4: fucking arm, he, he looked like he, Andy Dick was fucking wearing a football helmet. <laughs>
1: It's awful. It looked like fucking Watley working on a lunch wagon, trying to throw Danish down the fucking. It was just terrible.
7: Uh, and Dave, you should definitely have a third kid. Maybe even try for twins this time. What do you need four?
4: Uh, well, that would be. I actually agree with that. Evens are better numbers for me.
1: You're basically living like an Ethiopian already. Just fuck. <laughs> like you might as well just have tons of kids.
4: Maybe I can move into your house, Johnny. Who knows? That's
7: fine. We're getting a soon. We'll get a new pad soon, so you can move in with
4: me and my wife. All and right. Kids. I'll be down. Maybe we can, you know,
1: fucking suck. All right, God. No, that's no, disgusting. No, no, no. All right, talk to you later, Johnny. <laughs> All right, boys. No. A federal judge ruled that the lesbian teen's First Amendment rights were violated when her high school's administrators refused to allow her to bring her girlfriend to the prom. This is the little girl uh, that. Wanted to wear a tux to the Itawamba Agricultural High School Prom in Fulton, Mississippi. Um, of course, she wanted to wear a tux. The judge found the tux to be protected speech, but said, hey, the school does have the right to cancel this thing for everybody. So you've got a little girl who says, I want to bring my girlfriend I want to wear a tux to school, uh, or to the prom. They go, well, no, you can't. She takes it to ACLU. The school just says, well, then fuck it. We won't have a prom. Now nobody gets to go to prom. Who ro- ruined prom here is the big question. Davy Mack. The little girl ruined the prom. Did the school ruin the prom?
4: Oh, the girl ruined the prom. Come on. You know the rules. Stop, stop trying to create a circus. She yourself. wanted to bring a girl to the prom with her. I know, but with the She wants to grind on her in front of the other kids. There's rules. There's tuxes. They, I'm not I'm not against her bringing her le- her lesbian fucking girlfriend, but the tux and all that, it's a show-off thing, and the, there's rules. Come Fez, on.
1: who ruined the prom?
2: The school ruined the prom. They are the ones that made the decision, no prom. This girl wanted to have the prom, and she wanted to go with her girlfriend.
1: Yeah, tux. Come on. What's a matter point? of fact, I remember some of the girls that couldn't get dates going together. I don't think that it was romantic, but they're just like, we're going to go to our prom. Right. You know, just because we're fat girls, who gives a fuck? Fuck yeah. you. We're showing up to the prom and you're forced to look at us.
4: But isn't the issue about So I think the girls have gone to
1: the prom with their friends before.
4: Yeah, but the, the tuxedo. A big part is,
1: is the tuxedo. Uh, also, Hot Chick wore a fucking tuxedo to my prom. It was fucking unbelievable. It was a great fucking look. Wow. Well, maybe this chick isn't attractive. There's different rules for attractive people. I just think you know. I like a girl things. in a fucking suit. I think it's fucking yeah. sexy as shit. But I mean, you know. Wait. I, I see Pepper Hicks agreeing. Girls in suits. Very hot. Fuck
2: yeah. It's a great Annie look. Hall. It's no less formal than mm. what anyone else is wearing.
4: It's not the rules. Come on. But man. the
2: rule was ruled unconstitutional.
4: The well, rule was I don't ruled want to illegal. Wear pants, but you know, I have to. Serious demands that I wear pants. You know, they demand that I wear pants they do? All, the, all, all the time. So it's like I have to follow the rules sometimes.
1: You do have to. There are ways. There are dress codes at a school fest. Mm-hmm. You couldn't wear uh, fucking cut off shorts or something. Right. To school. So and you do school. have fucking dress rules. But I guess uh, the judge is saying it's something to do with free speech. I'll say this. I went to. They always say you're going to remember your prom. Your prom is a precious thing. I went to two proms, the one before my year, and then I took a check to my, and some other fucking girl asked me, I took her to a prom, I went to my prom. They were all, both went off about a hitch, and I don't remember Jack Dick. I know I fucking you got my picture taken, I fucked up, and then we ended up some fucking crazy place. So don't make a big deal about prom. Yeah, well, terrible. Don't right. make a big deal about prom, don't make a big deal about graduation, fuck school, fuck these proms, they're stupid. Homeschool yourself on the computer. Twitter your education, kids. <laughs> I, I honestly think the whole way that we do the school system is just about over. <laughs> the whole, oh, you're going to go to this school with these people. It's getting sillier and sillier all the time. You can just fucking pal-talk this entire <laughs> fucking education and say and go a little greener. Mm-hmm. Um, here's Derek Staten Island. You're on run of Fez.
7: Hey, guys. How you doing? Uh, yeah, you know, there's our uh, guys.
2: I think that the uh, the school really ruined it for so the ruin the prom. But they also wanted to make this girl look bad. You know what I mean? You cancel the prom, and then all the kids is like they turn on this one girl.
1: That's I I honestly do think that was the point of the school to say. She fucked this up for all the rest right. of you hillbillies. That, the rest of you goat fucking idiots now.
7: Exactly, but you're, it's also Mississippi, and they're also, you know, you have to understand, it's also the south, it's Mississippi, and they're very backwards down there. They're very uh, conservative down there.
1: Well, conservative isn't even the the word. They fucking basically called it a farmer school in the name here. It's like, you gotta name yeah. tractor It's to fucking get out <laughs> in senior year. Agricultural high school. Yeah. Now, here's the other point. We dig at the girls a lesbian, blah, blah, blah. Here's what you want to do if you're a lesbian and you're living in Mississippi. You want to get out. You want to put this place in the rearview mirror. You don't want to change them. You don't want them to accept you. You want to move uh, Vegas, California, New York, even South Florida. There are places for you, honey, and one of them isn't dumbfuck Mississippi. Get out of there. You're living in a, Go to Jackson. It'll be fucking hipper. Right. But it's sometimes, like,
4: if there's, you know, established... Yeah, if there's established things, then just go away from that. I couldn't show up on Friday being late Gaga in blackface. Like, there's just established guidelines. And the point is, this this girl... There was established guidelines, and then she broke the rules. Come on. Just go to a different prom. And well, she
2: challenged the rules and was found in the right. Fez is right about that. She cha- the rules that they had don't follow our laws.
1: Now, I don't even know why that is. I don't know why it's up to the kid to wear well, whatever he wants to code. a fucking prom. High, high schools have dress codes. I could not come in. But you're, you Then you need to take that to the judge. In other words, just maybe a dress code isn't fucking even legal. Yeah, it's just it's, something we all accept. It, it it's a like school. I mean, The school. You just said a federal judge said the school was breaking the, uh, the free speech, but the school had the right to cancel mm. prom.
2: She went through all. It's not like she was trying to uh, upset everything. She followed all the proper channels.
1: They, uh, Dave Fez. We got a gentleman here with a kid that goes to the high school. Dave in Mississippi, you're on Runafez.
0: Hey, Ronnie. Uh, unfortunately, I moved down to Fulton, Mississippi about five years ago. I got, I got a kid in high school down there. He said it's a pretty fucked up situation down there right now. Uh, they're canceling the prom and uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a lot to do with the uh, religion down there. It's a big Baptist type area. I mean, it's a dry county, Dukes of hazards type shit and I guess they uh, included the uh, gay thing in
8: there, too.
1: All right, let me ask you this, Dave. You live there in in Fulton. Who's to blame on this, the little lesbian girl or the high school for canceling the whole prom? That's the
8: high
0: school. I mean, they're taking away from all the kids. I mean, that's a bunch of bullshit, you
4: know. I mean, a lot
0: of these, especially the girls, I mean, they look forward to their prom night and everything. I mean.
1: I wish that some of the parents would have the balls to say to the kids, these prom things are ridiculous. Everything that we're doing is ridiculous. That it doesn't have nothing to do with life. Just move on out of this bullshit fucking mentality, and you'll be better off for it. Um,
0: yep, I, I agree with you 100% there.
1: All right, uh, so there's Dave. He lives down there in Fulton. He's leaning away from Counterpoint. Dave McDonald, two-point, Fez Watley. Uh, Andy, Cleveland, you're on my Fez. Yeah, I, I, this is not a gag. I'm
7: actually pretty curious about this. I wonder if this girl, uh, being, you know, the age of 16 and 17, if she was, like, a, a hot lesbian of the kind of, you know, everybody goes to uh, to see on and, 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 and and that Internet porn I hear so much about. I wonder if she uh, was uh, attractive, if it would be an issue. But I'll bet anything she's probably some slightly overweight alternative chick. So,
0: you know, that, that only helps... Their idiotic redneck, arrogant or ignorant resolve.
1: So you're saying nobody wants to um, see a fat girl in a pantsuit?
7: I, you know, if she's if she's the you know LPGA
0: trucker type of lesbian, probably not.
1: Uh, here is Jonathan in Tupelo. Jonathan.
0: Hey, what's going on, Ron? How are y'all, Ronnie B? What do you say, buddy? Man, look, Fulton is, is is backwards. Mississippi as a state is backwards, but. I think it's just the intolerant adults that are there that are not allowing this girl to, uh, you know, to have her prom.
1: Right. Uh, You know this town very well?
0: Yeah, no, really well.
1: Uh, How far is Tupelo for there?
0: Uh, Tupelo's county over, so 20 minutes.
1: So what do you think should happen? The school should just let this little girl go and have the prom and let the other kids have the prom.
0: I mean, why not? Why not the the girl that dressed in the tuxedo? She looks like a boy anyway. Right. Short hair. I mean, it's uh, just two people that are trying to go have a prom in Mississippi is the problem, and it seems to be that it is the school administration that just doesn't that is intolerant of their sexuality.
1: So this is of a thing that we won't accept gays in this country still. 2010. That's the little girl? Yeah. She's adorable.
2: She is a cutie.
1: Yeah. Changes everything.
2: Yeah. And well, it's the sure. school trying to punish everyone to get them to turn against this girl.
1: Well, it's worked for me. I've now turned against this pretty girl. <laughs> um,
4: She's I, cute. I'll give her that.
1: I'm actually happy for this. I don't think the kids should be going to prom anymore.
4: I know. um, On my prom, uh, some guy banged my prom date. That was humiliating. What was? uh, How did that come down? We just went to the prom, and then like this guy played acoustic guitar, Mm -hmm. just like that guy from Animal House on the stairs, and the girl fell for him, and she fucked him. And I was like, this this sucks.
1: (laughs) So her night at least worked out. (laughs) God fuck. She was sucking and fucking like a champ. She caught the hammer. <laughs> and not from red. Oh! Why do you guys got to fight everything? I
4: didn't hear that last one.
1: He said not from red.
4: I got mine, Ronnie.
1: I don't know. I yeah. got two kids. Yeah, but you didn't get on prom prom night. No, I did not. Uh, Probably one of the greatest uh film critics... Uh, today is Richard Schickle who is, uh, of course, writes for Time magazine as well as does all kinds of different stuff. He makes documentaries. He writes books. And uh, he's written this new book, A Retrospective, Clint, on Clint Eastwood. And you look this over, it's a book, but then also just look at these pictures, just gorgeous pics wow. from Clint Eastwood's uh, life and times. It's amazing to see how long Clint Eastwood's been around and the fact is he's still doing fantastic work um, yeah. just brilliant brilliant work after all these years um, he's arguably the the director of the 2000's well we talked about that yeah. we talked about that and I'd, I'd actually put him up for that but um, let's bring Richard Schickel in To talk about the brand new book, uh, Clint, A Retrospective. new book, of course, Clint, A Retrospective. Uh, Richard, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Uh, First of all, the the book is also gorgeous. You're writing about his life, but there's some phenomenal uh, pictures in here. I think so. They did a nice job of picture research on that book. You've not only, of course, uh, followed Clint Eastwood's Uh uh,
10: career for all these years. All these uh, years, yeah.
1: But also been a friend with him.
10: That's true. We met in... uh, believe it was 1976. 1976. Right after he'd done uh, Outlaw Josie Wales.
1: And at that time, um, I guess through the 60s and 70s, I wouldn't say that he was a critic's favorite. Um,
10: uh, you're kind of putting it mildly. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: He was seen as something that was almost what was wrong with Hollywood at the time.
10: Well, there were certain critics um, at the time led sort of notably by Pauline Kael, who uh-huh. had him all confused with John Wayne. Right. Uh, by the way, John Wayne was by no means a bad movie actor, in fact, a very good actor. Yeah. Uh, and, but, you know, politically and so forth. And so she took out after him and she had her devotees who, you know, joined her in pursuit of Clint. Um, I thought that was all grossly unfair and, you know, bad and stupid reading of the kind of movies he was already beginning to do, which were very questioning movies, you know, questioning about macho values They were uh, very defensive of the family as an important institution that often was threatened in his movies and which needed defending. I thought there were very good values being shown in these movies, and they were not, ultra-conservative John Wayne kind of values that Mm -hmm. he was defending. So I think almost because he was under what I thought were unfair attacks, I sort of began defending him back in those days when I was writing a lot of criticism. Mm -hmm. And uh, our friendship never depended on that. We just met independently at the home of some mutual friends uh, when I happened to be in L.A., uh, but I became, you know, uh, not so much a defender, but a supporter of of what I thought he was doing as an actor. And then his the career became so oh, so amazing, you know. I mean, there were so many interesting, weird movies that were way outside of being a cop or a yeah. cowboy or what have you. Uh, that I began to see a kind of career developing that was much more interesting than than people perceived it to be. At the same time, I was becoming more and more friendly with him. So that became, you know, a factor for me. You know, I liked the man. I liked much of his work, not slavishly, but, you Mm -hmm. know, I mean, you don't become friends with somebody whose work you despise just because he's famous, you know.
1: (laughs) And also a guy who's worked as much as him. You're not going to like all the projects, but what what you can see at this point Is how he starts to change in different ways. And you see some of those films as maybe being transition films.
10: Um, Uh, Well, certainly, you know, uh, I think Outlaw Josie Wales was a transitional film for him. I mean, it's a big, spacious Western. Uh, He's playing quite a different character than the Westerners he'd played before. He's kind of a victim. His family is wiped out. He has to... A surrogate family gathers around him. He comes from isolation into a more congenial uh, mm-hmm. sort of a figure. Uh, so that was important, I think. Oh, so many movies after that. Uh, you can take Bird, you know, the kind of great biopic about yeah. Charlie Parker. I mean, you know, he is a jazz, not just aficionado. I mean, he's an expert jazz pianist himself and he plays- composer. Uh, I think that was a terrific movie. I think Tightrope, that movie about the tormented cop, sexually tormented cop in New Orleans, is a very important movie for him in terms of broadening the range of a cop, a cop character. Um, And so, you know, I think probably Unforgiven remains, you know, the ultimate turning point movie in that career. That's the point at which... Almost everybody amongst his old enemies had to, you know, acknowledge that this was a serious artist with a considerable range.
1: And and for you, it even was years before that you, you saw this kind of work, even going back to stuff like High Plains Drift or whatever. You're like, well, this has always been here. For some reason, everybody else was catching up with him. And, yeah, I could – there might have been something about him when he was younger that maybe he was too big, too attractive, <laughs> you know. There was just too well, much already going in his favor. You know,
10: actually, around the time of Josie Wales, yeah. uh, Orson Welles was on one of the talk shows. And just gratuitously said, you know – You really ought to, people ought to see the outlaw Josie Wales. And he said part of the problem with Clint Eastwood is he's just too good looking. Yeah. People can't believe that a guy that good looking, that much a sort of obvious movie star in quote marks, could possibly be a serious man making serious films. I thought it was a very smart thing of uh, Wells to have said.
1: Well, it's almost kind of freakish that Eastwood would have taken his career the way he did. Why would he be working on these smaller more difficult films as he got older when i'm sure he's had w- well enough money for a long time mm-hmm. he could just go around being clint eastwood for as long as he wanted to well
10: actually to that point in this documentary film i made which is coming out uh, in may mm-hmm. um he says this and i think i'm quoting him almost word for word he said cop movies were successful for me i could have just done cop movies Westerns were successful for me. I could have just done those. Had a couple of beers at the end of the day and a nice life. And then he said, you know, semi-fiercely. But that just wasn't enough for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, and here's the part, you know, like you just said, here's this really gorgeous young guy who could have just been everybody's rave, fave movie star. Mm-hmm. But it never was enough for him. He he really took... The responsibility of his position uh, to heart. And, you know, he wanted to make movies that nothing against genre movies, and a lot of his movies begin as looking like genre sure. movies. I mean, you know, Unforgiven is really a Western. Yeah. It looks like a Western. It just doesn't always behave like a Western. Uh, and so on. So, um, he. He was always looking for ways to bend and twist genre conventions, mm. and I think that's admirable. It's like not just going on, okay, well, here's another western; I'll do that. You know, it's like, here's another western. Is there something about it that's unique and interesting? And uh, I think, I think it's it's not entirely unique, but it's remarkable that you know, as you say, he could just have been. Yeah. But he wouldn't be at 80 the figure that he is now, Right, you know, because, you know, we're all, well, I don't want to see another Clint Eastwood Western for Pete's sake, you know. Instead, there's this thing happening where, you know, Clint, he'd probably do something interesting with that. Well,
1: he's, yeah, and he's easily, I think, the most interesting contemporary director we had in the last decade. If you look what he did... In the last decade, oh, yeah. you're not going to look at anybody 30 or 40 that's, worked, that's uh, approached it.
10: Well, here I do think, who knew as he turned into his 70s yeah. that he's going to make Million Dollar Baby and Mystic River and Letters from Iwo Jima and Gran Torino. I mean, at best for most American directors, not so true of European directors, but American directors... They really start giving up the ghost in their 70s. All the studios think they're old, they're out of touch with a teenage audience or whatever. And they start kind of putting them out to pasture. But Clint has kept finding interesting material for him to do. And, uh, you know, I mean, it would be a cliche, but I'm sure it kind of keeps him young. Yeah. Uh, And then he's just not an old guy. You know, I mean... And these aren't easy stories. These aren't, oh, oh uh, you, yeah. you've, told,
1: you've given me a phrase from the movie. I can't wait to go there. Yeah. Uh, you kind of almost have to be talked into heading into taking this journey with them film after film.
10: Yeah, and the other thing about it is that Clint, I, I mean, I don't think of him as arrogant or anything mm-hmm. like that. But he has a healthy regard for his own opinion. You know, yeah. I like this movie. Somebody says to him, as they did on Million Dollar Baby, well, we don't want to do a boxing picture. And he said, well, I don't think of it as a boxing picture. It's about a surrogate father-daughter relationship. That's what it's really about. And he just said, look, guys, this is a movie I'm going to do. If I'm not doing it with you, I'm going to do it with somebody else. But it's a movie I want to do. And he has that, as I say, it's not an arrogant self-confidence, but it is a self-confidence. He, he often says, look, you can only trust your instincts. Yeah. Mm. That's it. If your instinct says to do something and then it fizzles, okay, your instinct was wrong, but who are you going to trust other than your own instinct? So the next time out, he's going to do whatever picture he thinks is right for him.
1: And it is interesting that probably at different times, the right has tried to own him politically. Yeah. The left has <laughs> tried to own him politically. but Not so, not so much
10: the left. But, yeah.
1: Uh, well, at different times, particularly now in the... I think uh, the last 10, 15 years, the left has really warmed up to him. They used to hate him
10: yeah. at one time. But, but I... Cl- Clint's always been, I think, the same. Yeah. You know, his uh, you know, when it comes to, like, physical policy, yeah, hey, he's a real Republican guy. You know, he believes in, you know, sensibly balanced budgets right. and all that stuff. He also, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a guy running among other enterprises, he has a a, a wonderful uh, sort of hotel and restaurant up in Carmel. And he's always he gets into grumble fits about when they tell him, you know, where he has to put, uh, um, let's say, a ramp instead of stairs. Yeah, I don't I, I, you know. He gets that way about it. But on the other hand, on social issues, you know, whether it's abortion rights or gun control or what have you, his views are as liberal as anybody's, you know, yeah. so there, there's this kind of dichotomy politically with him. Uh,
1: and I think there's quite a few people like that in America, although they're not really represented. I think that there's people who are going, I, you know, want to be left alone. Right. But at the same time, I doesn't mean I want to go around doing the wrong thing.
10: That's that's pretty much right. You yeah. know, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I find his, his, we don't talk politics a lot yeah. when we're together. I mean, you know, we're more likely to talk about old movies or a book one or the other of us has read or, uh, you know, or just general old guy grousing, you know. But, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean, there's certainly – we're not talking any kind of lunacy here, you know. I mean, you know, uh, going out and joining, let's say, the Tea Party. Right. You know, that's not going <laughs> to happen with Clint.
1: <laughs> um, Speaking of lunacy, I was reading, you know, one of the parts of the book, and you talked about going out with him, I I guess, a few years back for a a signing in New York City, and just what it's like to be standing next to that kind of movie stardom for you.
10: Well, that doesn't happen all that often, although when we premiered the film, The Eastwood Factor, Mm -hmm. at the Los Angeles County Art Museum about a month ago, it's a wonderful premiere. I mean, it went very well, and we had a good time at it. We went out for dinner afterwards. And it was a scene like the one I describe in the book. Uh, there are these professional autograph hunters. They make mm-hmm. a sign with a special kind of pen that looks makes it look as if it's a... When they reproduce it, it looks like it's a real signature, not, not a reproduce. They're awful people. I mean, they are, I think, the scum of the earth. And uh, somehow they got on our tail, and we went to this restaurant, which is... Uh, right on Santa Monica Boulevard. And we were late, you know. At 1230, there was this mob outside. And it was an unruly mob. And I really thought I was in a car waiting for him to, you know, get in the car so we would go on. Yeah. And I thought he was going to be torn limb for limb by these people. They were angry because he came out the front door. Then he came out the back door trying to evade him. And it was a scene like the one I described in the book, where you know you just feel like one touch of the match could set off some kind of a conflagration of lunatic star stalking mm-hmm. uh, i mean i i he 's easy about it fairly easy, but to me i mean i 'm unused to that, and I was always like, holy Moses, yeah, you know
1: it seems like you wouldn 't want to trade lives with that for anything in the world the some of this, the strangeness well, that's attracted yeah. to yeah,
10: he does have a good life, though. Yeah. You know, I mean, and it's a life that, uh, I mean, we're, we're not talking Lindsay Lohan here. Right. You know, we're talking a guy who lives quietly in an out-of-the-way place up in Carmel, uh, or quietly when he's in Los Angeles, kind of up in the hills. Um, so, you know, he's not... But he's a normal guy. He likes to go out and have dinner with his friends and, and stuff like that. And these people will turn up. Uh that's why I say in the book, he he knows the back way into every restaurant in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, he know? does. And and he's good at just sliding out, you know, or sliding in, you know. Like I say, I'm always surprised. I'm sitting there nursing my martini, let's say, and waiting for him and suddenly He's in the chair next He's to I, I, oh, I, you. Oh, know. hi!
1: But so they have to do a little bit of work to make sure they get. Uh, you know, we've uh, you know see people here in New York yeah. all the time that are able to walk down the street. Then they get to a certain place. You know, it's a club or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Things will go off. Yeah. But it, it's no life that I would want for. You know, <laughs> to see anybody go through. I, I don't even understand that kind of madness.
10: No, I don't either.
1: Um, for you, you're looking at Clint Eastwood. If you compare him to some of the, his contemporaries, uh, the Nicholsons, um, mm-hmm. and, and I guess you'd have to say you know, some of the, the East Coast actors like De Niro and Pacino, um, is he right in there with them? Is he above them? Is he below them? Where, where would you put Clint's career as an actor? Well, one on of it? the
10: things that's interesting about Clint, was he was a very young actor, mm-hmm. under contract at Universal, doing small parts there as part of a talent program. He would, um, he took acting seriously. It's not something he always wanted to do. He kind of stumbled into it because he's a good-looking guy in Los Angeles. I mean, he said, you know, come out to the studio and do a test, you know. Um, And, but it's, it's kind of typical of him. If he sees a problem, he was no actor. He had no idea how to be an actor. But he sort of thought, well, it might be fun to be an actor. So he sort of went to, you know, kind of very serious acting teachers. You know, it was around the time the actor's studio was becoming huge mm-hmm. in New York, and there were branches of that out in Los Angeles. And off he went to study with guys with, you know, Russian names uh, who were very serious Stanislavskian actors. And he took that in. I mean, you ask what we talk about. We often talk about actors, not mm-hmm. in a catty way, but what they're doing, how they're achieving some effect or other, whether we like what they achieved or didn't. You know, he's very serious about stuff like that. And um, so this notion of him as just this big dumb hunk, mm-hmm. you know, kind of and says his lines is just wrong. I mean, you know, he's he's, I wouldn't say he worries about what he's presenting on the screen as an actor, but he's thinking about it. And, you know, and I see it in his work. I see it grow more and more subtle, you know. Yeah. Uh, he's doing more with less as an actor in recent years than, than most actors do. Uh, I think he belongs. I mean, they're very different, say, Bob De Niro and Clint Eastwood. You yeah. know? But uh, they are equal in approaching the problem of presenting a character uh, seriously and thoughtfully. Mm-hmm. They just go about it in a different way, and then of course when you
1: when you go and add the directing, and I think when he started directing his own films, that it was almost seen as well. Here's a guy who wants to keep more of the money for himself, or he Never. knows how to do these type of films. I don't think that that all even the, even people that knew in the beginning knew that he would all, all the way back
10: film. on Rawhide. He was yeah. determined to become a director, and you know he talks about it. He's look, the d- director is the creature on a set through which everything filters. Mm -hmm. You know, he's making all the decisions. You know, maybe not about the details of an actor's performance, but where the camera goes, where the other people go, how the look of the piece will be. And he just wanted that responsibility. I mean, it, it seemed to him more interesting than being just an actor at the beck and call of a director. So I think... I think that works. I think I was very serious on his part. That was not a whim. And, you know, there are plenty of actors who have directed one, two, mm-hmm. three movies. But of the American actors of roughly Clint's generation, only he and Woody Allen, oddly enough, have the same kind of careers. You know, Sure. You know, multiple, multiple movies, uh, many of which they have starred in.
1: And they shoot fast. They don't. Uh, they're not, up in they're the not poor guys
10: poor. who waste money. I mean, Clint, I think that came from the, you know, the family was under pressure during the Depression. And so they had to be frugal. They had to watch their pennies. They had and they felt responsible for other people's pennies. And uh, that's just Clint. I mean, that's just his way. He doesn't care if it's his money or Warner Brothers money. If, hey, one time he said to me, he says, I think I watch their money better than they do. Yeah. And uh, it's true. You know, he just doesn't want to be seen, and this is partly to do with the Hollywood context, he doesn't want to be seen as a wastrel. One of those guys say, oh, the studio will pay for it. We don't care.
1: I think one of the things as I was going through this, I was thinking about, it. at a certain point, he and Burt Reynolds were seen as you know equals. I brought up different names to you, but these were the two guys that were the macho, Making manly things, and it's yeah. interesting to see their careers in such different places now.
10: I think, yeah, I don't think I didn't. I never knew Burt Reynolds, so I, I'm only speculating. But I don't think he was. I think he was not a serious guy, really. You mm-hmm. know, he he was a good-natured actor. He never had the kind of the depth that that Clint had, uh, but he was never a man who wanted to stop and think and prepare for the next step. I mean, some actors just don't think there is another step. They think it's always going to be, you know, beer and Skittles forever. Sure. and uh, Almost like athletes where they're just yeah, enjoying the time. Oh, wait happening. a minute. I'm 38 years old. I, <laughs> yeah. can't, uh, I can't run the way I used to. Well, now what do I do? Uh, Clint was always smarter than that. I always say about him, he's nearly always the smartest guy in the room. And he's not showing it. He's nodding, he's smiling, he's agreeing. Um, and somehow, at the end of the meeting, he's got what he wants.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, not, and you never really have heard bad stories about him. You never get the bust in the place up or what. Everyone always says. Oh, no. He, he never, uh, he's always been in control.
10: Clint, the, Clint likes a beer. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, he likes a nice meal. Uh, he likes to go and listen to some music. Uh and he likes to travel around. He has a number of houses around the world that he likes to be in. But it's all its all cool, man. <laughs> and it it goes on from here. There's no plans of, oh, I'm done. I mean,
1: I know he's never ne- made another Western. Yeah, um, he really
10: see. felt that Unforgiven was all he could. He, Which is he, pretty
1: brilliant to do that. He said to
10: me, he said, I can't think of what else I can say in that genre. Yeah. Um. I think... You know, look, I mean, Invictus, I mean, it's a very inspir it's not a Clint Eastwood movie at all. No. Uh I think he's just gonna look for the next movie is about near death experiences, you know. Uh he's just looking for interesting stuff that he hasn't done before. I think if he has a fear, it's maybe a fear of repeating himself. Uh so
1: there's no well, so far it seems like there's no uh chance that that'll be happening, because the last ten movies or so have just completely gone from one direction to the
10: other. Yeah, there. and there's some movies in there that just look like genre movies. True mm-hmm. Crime, for example. Yeah, So I think it's a wonderful film. You know, uh, It's about a f- tormented family. It's a death row. It's Clint being a careless macho guy. And I think it's, as as genre pictures go, it's just a brilliant one. And nobody mentions it in the same breath with uh, letters from Iwo Jima or Million Dollar Baby yeah. or something. But I think it's a wonderful movie.
1: Uh, the book is Clint. Uh, and you can pick that up on Amazon.com. And, and tell us more about the documentary. It's going it's, to roll out in May. It's
10: called The Eastwood Factor. We did it simultaneously with the book. Uh, the idea of having have a kind of a one-two punch. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's... Uh, I've done a lot of documentaries. I, I'm very proud of that one because I think... It gives you a look at Clint that you're not going to get anywhere else because, you know, really simply because we're so relaxed with each other. You know, I mean, and he feels, I think that with me next to the camera, I think he feels he can be playful, you know, not be his complete sober sides, you know. So there's a lot of uh, kind of amusing stuff in that movie, at least it is to me.
1: Really looking forward to uh, seeing it. Richard Shackle. thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. It was uh, a pleasure. And you can pick up the book Clint on Amazon or
10: in your neighborhood bookstore.
1: Oh, they still have those, don't <laughs> they? They, they do. still have. Yeah, those. And we
10: support them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you see someone look at a little handicapped
5: and go, Oh, look at him. He's not able bodied. I am. I'm prejudiced. Yeah? Well, at least the little handicapped fellow is able minded. Unless he's not, it's difficult to tie with a wheelchair ones. Found a show.
1: 866 run zero fez. 866 run zero fez. We just had uh, Richard Schickle from Time Magazine in here, who I've been reading for many, many years. And I would uh, love to get Dave as his successor. Finally becoming the writer that his parents paid for that education writing about film.
4: Well, the 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 thing that we have in common is we're both friends with Clint. And so I, I would think that maybe that could bond us a little bit and he could get me that job. I am in the Writers Guild after
1: all, Richard. Did you did you pitch him at all? No, I didn't, Ron. You just... know when you, he reminded me of the old two-fisted kind of, you know what I mean? Just slamming him back, enjoying himself.
4: Yeah, he was cool. I wanted to drink with him.
1: But didn't he have that old kind of Fucking Norman Mailer vibe or something. Oh yeah, younger guys are such pussy compared to older guys. The
4: late Norman Mailer? He he died, right? Or no? Yes,
1: he did die. We're we gonna make a big deal out of it. Is that where it's all going?
4: <laughs> no, I wasn't doing that.
1: Bez looks thirsty, though, Ron. What, what is the name of the fucking game here? Uh, guess who died and when? <laughs> I, I I wasn't playing a game. I just for, I wasn't sure. I was asking you the He's question. He's saying that you've been sapping on dry lips today. Really? With, yeah, he goes by and he goes. Uh, I'm here and Fez smacking his fucking dry lips, um, and I'm like, Dave, don't even fucking start today.
2: Maybe it's because it's the first time I brush my teeth in two weeks after winning the hardcore challenge. But you have, Fez, yeah,
4: you, you have some cotton mouth. If you, you just need a sip of that water to get rid of the cotton mouth, that's all. I didn't even know I was Cotton Mouth. Yeah, they were coming on the corners, you know, when you, that white stuff builds? Oh, you're not
1: oh. meeting people like that, are you?
4: Yeah, no, there's
2: not white stuff on my <laughs> mouth. Is that Ron? <laughs> he did. Oh. He did. He met Richard Chickle with that.
4: see those things. There, he's sipping the water. What is wrong with sipping the water?
1: Why is that fucking funny?
4: No, the cotton, it now cures the Cotton Mouth. You take some more.
1: What's the big deal? Uh, you brought the kid in today, right? Yes, I did. Fez, you have not talked to the kid. This is the kid that Fez freaked out on last Friday. Do we have any of the clips uh, we can play? What you were uh, Fez was doing to Fast Freddy? Just a uh, a little, almost uh, a week. No, it was more. Was it last Friday? You were so crazy. It was one week. Yeah. Wow, you're nutty as fuck. That seemed like it was six months ago. The, the Dirge Fest has already blinded me <laughs> to the fucking alcohol meltdown. Um, St. Pat's Day was Wednesday. It wasn't even a Friday. So it was a week ago today, exactly seven days ago. This is what you would have heard if you turned on the Ron Fest show. Yeah, Freddie. What were you gonna say?
11: What is it? I just—I don't want you to choke on that slice of pizza, there, Freddy. <laughs> All right,
4: Fuzzy, Fuzzy. All right, Fuzzy. I'm fucking not getting around. He's not gonna
7: disrespect me on my show. Right. It's not gonna happen.
1: Right. Fuzzy, sit down. It's no not gonna happen. You fat piece Fe- of Fezzy, shit. Fezzy. You are nothing. Fez, Fezzy. You are nothing compared to me. All right, Fuzzy. <laughs> Fuzzy, sit down. Sit down. Just fucking drink a water for yourself. You're all choking on your pizza. No more. You satisfied, Dave? No more. No more. You satisfied? You got him fucking crying? No more. No more jokes. I I will
7: fucking break your fucking leg. sit down.
1: Sit down. Sit down. Um, There's a lot more. Fezzy, how much of that do you even remember?
2: Uh, Most of it I did not remember. A lot of it I didn't remember until I heard it again or it was brought up to me. But going home that night and passing out, I did not remember it going into the next day.
1: Now, have you had a chance to go back and listen to the whole show?
2: I've listened to most of it. It's a hard listen.
1: Well, imagine for the listeners.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I've listened to some of it, and it sounds absolutely... I had no idea it was that bad. I knew there was screaming involved. What parts did you listen to? Where,
1: just the clips that we played?
2: Well, where it started to amp up.
1: So you just listened to the clips we played?
2: Yeah, I've listened to those, yeah.
1: So you hadn't gone back and listened to the show itself?
2: Well, I listened to part of it that night, and then I turned it off. I did not listen to the whole thing. Were
1: you listening to on a Best Of?
2: Uh-huh. Mm, okay.
1: Um, in your mind, exactly what happened, first?
2: Well, here's what happened. I was drinking... I got drunk really quick, and then Freddie came in here and was put up to taunting me.
1: Well, this happened even before. Get to some of the stuffs where he was acting like he was going to ruin the kid's career, and was making him look back and forth. Some of the earlier stuff before we even got into the, the taunting actually started when Dave saw that you're upset.
2: I By will the way, Freddie, just uh, think about it. I, I will get you get him help. I don't care I, any way I can. Why are you being mean to this kid? I'm. He's being mean to me.
1: What did he do? Uh, he didn't get you a beer? because He's said lying
2: he about me that I walked into Shady 45. It he said didn't happen. He said he stopped you from walking into Shady 45. It didn't 45. happen. How are you going to get him? I don't care whether if it's the... ruin his internship or whatever. I will <laughs> oh get you fat <laughs> asshole. Oh I will get you. Oh Just know that. <laughs>
1: You're not going to get caught, Freddie. Right.
2: Yeah,
11: you will. Yeah, I'm, you I, will. I'm nervous now.
2: Did I know that they you're should nervous. should be fucking nervous. You're making up lies about me. You should be fucking nervous. I hope you're nervous. All right, um, I hope you're beyond nervous. I they, hope you shit your pants.
1: All right, so you can see where you were at before Dave put him up to the taunting. Uh, I had him follow you down to the bathroom and back. Uh-huh. You stumbled into Shady Forty Five. He got an eye, uh, uh, a fucking thing on you, put you down. Hicks told us the story, and then you started flying into this kid, and a lot of it personal, and a lot of it bully stuff. So, just so you know, now from that point on, yeah, Dave did start fucking handing him lines and stuff. Uh, but I'm gonna—I've got the kid in here now. First of all, let me say this. I thought you were about 50-50 on even coming back in here, Freddie. I didn't know if you were going to do it.
11: You know, it was it was tough for me. I was really nervous um, to come back. And I didn't come in on Monday because I knew Dave wasn't here and right. he's my mentor. And uh, I just, you know, didn't know what to do. So I didn't want to take any, you know, chance.
1: So, um... What has it that scared you? Some of the things that Fez saying about he'd do about your career?
11: Yeah, I just didn't want to uh you know have my internship end badly and uh, possibly a future here. You know, I didn't want any Well a future
1: to... here in other companies. Fez has worked all over and he's he's knows people all over the country. And if a guy like that, when you're coming in as a kid, a guy like that wants to ruin your career, he can kinda give you a bad reputation. It's a, it's actually a small industry. There's only so many players. Right, right. So, um, Fez, do you know why you started to get that angry with him? Why it started the, the weight stuff? Why you started acting like you were going to terrorize him every day?
2: Because I, you know, it's with the shady forty-five. To be honest, I don't even remember that part of it. Whether I tried to walk in there or not.
1: Well, you can imagine since you can't remember anything. You'd be the last person to know, right? Right. So imagine that it's true. The two studios look the same. You're bouncing off walls. The kid probably did save you, right?
2: Uh, yeah, I would uh, most likely. So,
1: well, there's no one else to say anything other than what happened. The The one sober person on that trip, the one person who has any remembrance, said this is what happened. Um, again... I don't even know if it would be that negative thing to hear about yourself. You were drunk and tried to walk into the the wrong door. That's something that drunk people do. I don't think that we would have sat around acting like, well, that Fez is a bad person. He tried to walk into Shady 45. Uh, Dave, were you surprised when Fez made it so personal so fast?
4: Yeah, I was because I don't think that Freddie really has a malicious bone in his body. And he was just the kids a doll. He is. That's why I'm his mentor, and I'm proud to be it. Yeah. Um, I even call myself his manager as well, like Slick
1: Rick. At one time, when you introduced me to him, you said, "This kid is the male angel fuck." And That's I said, what said. What did you mean about that? Yeah. And you said, "He's just always uh, happening, always making things happen."
4: Exactly. Exactly. You know, you take. By the angel way, she's got a, a big come-
1: birthday this week too.
4: Yes, happy birthday, Angel Fuck.
1: What i liked like to do is get some kind of nice party and have her put a crown on my head. But maybe that time has passed. Birthday uh, week. It is. Dean, I'd Angel like to do Falk, something everybody. for her and Dean this week. Um, and Shatner. Who's Shatner? William? Yeah. Okay. Mm, okay. So, um, is there anything you need, the fact that you came back here, uh, it means a lot to me that you were able to come back here like this, like, yeah, I mean, no, knowing that, you know, he said he's going to put you through some kind of odd boot camp.
11: Yeah, I didn't know what to expect, you know, coming back today. You know, everything, you know, was okay. You know, I, still upset me. You know, I was up all night thinking about it and still think about it every day. Sure. Uh, you know. Well,
1: Fez, you know what that's like, because you're haunted with you being bullied by your own mom when you were a kid.
2: Absolutely, yes. I've been so, through it.
1: Now this is great. As we're, a child. We're keeping the chain all linked together. You were once the victim. You're now the bully. Perhaps one day you yourself will sexually abuse somebody. We we don't know, Freddie. But we'll try to keep I, the chain going.
2: I didn't have sexual abuse.
1: Hmm. You were Um. You really were odd as a kid then. Uh, is there anything you'd like to say to Freddie, Fez, so we can put this behind us?
2: Yes, I would like to put this behind all of us here. And so, Freddie, I want to apologize for, wow. for being verbally and abusive to you. And physically. And getting physical and getting, you know, irate like that. But and You I,
1: threw something at
2: him. Yeah, I threw something at you, and, I've, and I want to apologize for that, for anything physical or verbal that went too far or too personal.
1: Freddie, it's your option if you want to take this up with HR. You have every right.
11: No, I, I do accept Fess's apology, and I appreciate wow. it. Um, I was just wondering if maybe we could mend the fences and maybe uh, go to WrestleMania.
1: Where is
2: WrestleMania? Yeah, where is WrestleMania this year? I don't remember. Arizona.
1: Absolutely, you can. Did did you? I see Dave clapping. You put him up to that, Dave?
4: No. Yes, you did. (laughs) What you talking about? It's this Sunday in Arizona.
1: The answer is yes.
2: See now, I think there's other apologies to go around the room too. You know, I apologize to Freddie. I admit that I was wrong, Freddie. I think that Dave owes you an apology for uh, trying to put you in that position where you kept it going, and probably you owe me a little bit of an apology for, you know, sticking when you saw that I was upset, out of control, and you kept sticking me.
1: Well, let's remember this, though, Fez. All this happened before any of that. Mm -hmm. This happened from the beginning. The verbal attacks, the personal attacks, happened because I asked them to follow you to the bathroom and back.
4: It's true that Fez is original thing of walking into Eminem's studio was the square root of all the problems. And just because Freddie wants one of the conditions to go to WrestleMania. Why do you want an apology from him, Fizz?
2: Well, because I think he saw that I had gotten into a place of distress and he kept going with it. He kept kept feeding it.
1: Can I ask you a question? Mm -hmm. Did you ask for an apology from Dave whose orders he was following?
2: And Dave owes me an apology, too.
1: Well, why do you wait a week? Why did you wait a week for that? Why wouldn't you come in the next day and say, Dave, you owe me an apology? Why would you wait until the kid comes back? This should be about uh, him. Um, here's Matt. Matt, you're on a fez. Hey,
0: Ronnie. Uh, I was here into the grapevine. They still have some nice sweets available for WrestleMania. You know, throw a couple of five, ten grand. Make
1: this,
2: make this right by Freddie, Fez. Hold on. Fezzy? A suite at WrestleMania?
1: You want to take this kid to WrestleMania?
2: I really don't feel like traveling to Arizona.
1: You said that before about Memphis, and look how much fun you and Elfish had.
2: That was a nightmare with Elfish. That was an absolute nightmare.
4: It was a great time, and this will be even better, because you'll get to see WrestleMania. Uh, One of the, I don't know, Piper, Snooker? Yeah, they're they're all all going to be (laughs) there. All the guys are still there.
1: Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. I think been... Tony Correa could <laughs> end up winning the strap once again oh, cool. in tag teams all right, so everything works out, everything's good
11: and hey, yeah, I, I would like to apologize to you for anything you know I, I may have done you know
1: anything I may have done, so you're just saying I don't know what you're saying, I don't get why I owe you apology, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. That's a fucking big kid right there, even when he knows feels like he doesn't owe an apology, he's going to give it.
2: I appreciate it, and I accept it.
1: Even though he said anything I may have done, meaning it doesn't mean to him. Did you feel like you did anything wrong? I, I mean, you did what your boss told you to do.
11: I mean, I did do what was, you know, told of me. You mm-hmm. know, I'm trying to, you know, make so a So you apologize end. for doing your job? <laughs> I guess you could say that. You know, I, I just, you know, want everything uh, to be... I think down
1: sounding s- a lot like Olive Oil's dad. In that fucking Popeye movie, yo man, apology. But you know, he just wants to go to WrestleMania. I
2: understand he wants to go to WrestleMania. You taking him? Is I isn't it sold out? I no. don't know if it's possible. Stop! 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 Stop!
1: Um, Davy Mack, did you want to get in on the apology game?
4: Uh, I'd like to apologize under one condition. Sure. If I can be taken as the third member to WrestleMania this. Absolutely. Sunday. For
2: I for would reason, not take not? you to WrestleMania. You're not even a wrestling fan. Sure he is. He's got that
1: hat that says wrestle on it.
2: Yeah. I got that. I know Gorilla Monsoon. You owe me an apology.
1: Uh Jason. Houston, you're Manifest.
0: Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, you know, I've never been an intern before, but I would think interning at a radio show, rule number one would be keeping at least the the, the show host happy, showing some respect. I mean, I think this kid, it might be early in his career, and he just got too comfortable, and, you know, he's Dave's protege, well, so... He l- hold on, on. Let's, let's
1: really go with this. this. Fez was fucking drunk. The kid was going out of his way to follow his drunk boss back and forth. Higgs said to him, how was everything? The kid said, he fell into 45, uh, shady 45. Don't worry, I pulled him out. It fucking, you know, it was fucking fine. Then Hicks tells us on the air, and Fez goes off on the fucking kid. And that's what started. Now, after Fez was going that crazy, the fucking bully boy of fucking uh, the, the Bronx, then Dave is having a ball with it, starts feeding the kids fucking lines. <clears throat> the kid had to go with the bit. Fizz.
2: Right, but oh. Dave owes him an apology. Dave owes me an apology. And you owe a, me an apology. And I've got Freddie's apology already.
4: I gave my apology.
2: I don't remember hearing it. I just did. Ten seconds ago. You I have, said you would give an apology if you got to go to WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I want to see Leaping
1: Lake Papa. <laughs> I don't get it. The poet? I don't, why, I don't understand why he's back throwing Frisbees <laughs> after all these years. He's a good Frisbee thrower. Um, Chad, you're on my face. Hey, Fez, I was just
6: wondering if you could apologize to the, the listeners for ruining the show for the past four years.
2: We're not talking about the past four years. We're talking about last Wednesday. And I did apologize for that. For what? For getting out of control verbally and personally and physically,
1: you could actually. All kidding aside, the throwing that fucking shit that hit Sam, Uh I could have fucked this all up. And that also is why we can't do the drinking shows anymore. He has Sam
4: has a bruise, but don't worry. Sam's a
1: little fucking baby.
4: I massaged it, Ron.
1: No, no offense, but Sam's a fucking baby.
4: No, he just he's he's got fragile skin. He's he's
1: a tough tough man. No tough man has fragile fucking skin.
2: They don't go together.
1: Can't all help right. if he bruises. You know. Well, that was all brilliant stuff. Let's take a break. Come back. Wrap up the show. Ron and 866-RON-ZEO-FEZ. 866 ron zero fez 866-Ren-Zero-Fez. 866-Ren-Zero-Fez. Hey, Ron and I, well, you're on the Ron and Fez show.
6: How we doing, boys? Good, pal. Hey, Fezzy, as far as I'm concerned, I don't know that you uh, really said... Uh... You're sorry. You you really never. You said you apologized, but right. it, it was never. And I'm sorry.
2: Isn't and doesn't secondly, that mean the exact same thing?
6: Yeah, but in today's society, or, or when I teach my boys anything, I always you know teach them to say I'm sorry.
2: Okay, but, I'm not know, one of your boys.
6: I, well, I I'm, I'm glad for that, but I, I it just didn't feel like an apology on this end. But secondly, as far as going back to asking. Freddy, to apologize to you and Dave, to me, all that analogy is, is that Tiger Woods should have said all of them girls that, uh, they should have apologized for being around and wanting to screw it. You know, you're the one that didn't the problem. It was you being blur, 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 Oh, you know what I mean? The blurred Not worked. really. But, uh, you, you can't, you can't bring this back on you and wanting, uh, well, oh, whatever. It, all, just for your it all
1: happened. It's all uh, behind us. Uh, Curtis in Minneapolis, showing the Ron Fez show.
0: How are you doing, B?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I just want to say Fez is a stuff involved mother mother-in-law at this point.
12: Well,
1: whatever. It happened. It's in the past. You can't well, but fucking...
0: But he he does that self-involved mother-in-law thing where he says something bad but doesn't quite apologize. He I says apologize. What
1: did? What apology did you not hear? I th- here's the thing, Fuzzy. What well, you don't understand? You so. came back. What's that? They're insane. Why are they insane? You came back and apologized and asked for an apology too, like some other kid did something wrong. It doesn't seem like you're complete. I don't give a shit. I don't give a fuck. You're the big strong man. You can fuck up his career. For all I care? I, I slept like a baby the night that he was up kicking and screaming. Fuck him. He's just a kid. You're right about him. He's not equal to you. You're Fez Watley. But then you should be able to say that. Not like I apologize and now I want you to apologize to me. You come off sounding like uh, a little old lady when you do that. That's all. So you're either in or you're out. You can't be both. Um, Oscar. run a fence. Yeah, I think Fisher apologized.
0: His, uh, his asking for an apology is crappy. Best thing you should go up to ER or to HR and
1: fucking report it. All right, if he does that, Fez, uh-huh, destroy him. Just destroy him the way you set out to the other day. You think that he's worth as much as him? He's a piece of shit on your shoe. You have already told us about it. Um, whatever you do to him, you do to him. I don't care. It's almost the same to me as if I say you spit on an immigrant. What am I supposed to do about it? If you're the type of guy who wants to spit on immigrants, spit on them. I can't be into it one way or another. But then, you know, you can't say to the immigrant, I don't know, you walked in front of it too, so you did a little bit too. Um, whatever happened, happened. Who cares? It's over. I think of you as a newborn baby today, Fez. Just a newborn baby. What do I care?
2: Well, I'm a newly bathed baby. After two weeks of not showering.
1: Good summary. Coming back with the summary. Uh, Hi, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Who's this?
2: Hey, this is Billy
7: in Savannah. What do you got? Yeah, uh, Ron, I just think it'd be best uh, in all cases if you would just go ahead and take this to H.R., just let them
0: handle it,
1: corporate. Too. I'm going to tell you something right now, my friend. If you think I'm a rat, you're talking to the wrong fucking guy. If Watley would have fucking killed this kid last week for no reason, I'm still not going to talk to the HR about it. It's just something that happens. Help with the yeah, body? So. Yeah, no, I ain't going to fucking help him. Go get your own fucking shovel and your own lime. Um, he do- Fez doesn't fucking care about the kid, James Georgia. You're a of Fez.
7: Yeah, I for one don't think Fez should apologize. I like the new Stone Cold Fez Watley.
0: I think he ought to stay that way.
1: He's the rattlesnake. Yes, sir. Fez is the rattlesnake. Yes, sir. He's setting out to make a reputation for himself right
2: now. I felt there was plenty of sorries to go around on all on all corners. Yes,
1: and I got you've explained that. He made the kids apologize, good for him. Welcome. Welcome all. Uh, Mike, Wisconsin, you're in front of Fez.
0: Fezzy, didn't he apologize to you last week already? Why does he have to do it again?
1: Fez doesn't remember that apology. I don't
2: remember him apologizing to me. I had no idea if he had or had not.
1: He was very scared of you last week. He was very fucking frightened of you.
2: He didn't come in on Monday because I wasn't here here.
4: because I wasn't here. He said, I I won't go in without Dave.
1: Now, I remember when this happened to a young Fez Watley. We were all working at the same place. My partner at the time, I was sick one day. My partner at the time threw Fez out. Fez used to hover over his fucking back and breathe down his neck. And I came back and like, uh, I go, where's Fez? Me and Fez ba- barely fucking knew each other back then. They're like, oh, I don't know. He got weird the other day. He's gone. So I run in there. I go, wow, that's fucking odd. Okay. I run into Fez a couple of weeks later. He tells me what happened. I said, come back in. I go to my fucking partner. I go, leave this. Fu- this guy's all right. He's fucking funny. He's going to be able to do stuff. There wasn't any of this big. Now you apologize to me. I'll apologize to you. Whatever. Some shit went down. Now. Uh, if Fez breathes back down some down somebody's neck, what's the difference? He's the boss. He's gonna breathe all over fucking people.
4: Well, Freddie called me uh, a couple nights
1: ago, and he was in tears. And I don't think he's still over it. Fuck him. That's what I'm fucking saying to Freddie. Fuck him and his feelings. Too bad.
4: Freddy's fast. Freddie, the same guy.
1: Yeah, I don't give a shit about this kid. All right. I'm not gonna fucking go through. And now you apologize to me, and I apologize to you. Think. Fez doesn't like him. Tell him that it is. It's personal. That's all. It's just a personal thing. Should
4: I I get rid of him now? Maybe? Like, walk him out of the building? Throw him in the fucking street. Get get, get the fuck out of here. Get out of the building.
1: Send Freddy in here.
4: Oh, okay. Freddy, go in. Don't go out of the building.
1: I'm glad we cleared that
4: up. He was on the elevator.
1: All right. Freddy... Turn in your fucking shirt and your shoes. You're out of here.
11: You're out. Are you serious?
1: Yeah. And stop talking about WrestleMania all the time. No one gives a shit about WrestleMania. How old are you now? 21. And let me explain something to you. WrestleMania is for little children. You're a fucking grown-ass man now. You're 21. What tattoos do you have? Uh, I don't have any. Get a tattoo that says, I apologize, Fez. I I apologize. I should have let you walk in the Shady 45.
2: Be a nice gesture.
1: So that's where you're at with him?
2: No, I apologized. He apologized. I, you know, he can go about his internship.
1: Uh, Jay, Richmond, you're on run face.
6: Ron, I got to say something, man. I'm a little curious why... You you haven't apologized. You're the boss of that show.
1: I guess what? I fucking have one fucking thing, and I've said it from the beginning. My whole career. Tell a joke or be a joke. Tell a joke or fucking be a joke. And I don't apologize for that. Now, if somebody wants to come to me and say, I haven't told a joke today, I'll be the fucking joke. Fine with you. But you owe me one or the other if you want to fucking hang out. I don't think it's asking too much. Uh,
11: I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know.
1: You don't understand any of it. You're just a kid. Shouldn't even get to know us yet. Who's wrestling in WrestleMania? Uh,
11: a, lot uh, a lot of guys. Undertaker. Undertaker. How's that fucking
1: different than any other year? <laughs> What's this? his 27th straight WrestleMania? How many has he been in?
11: It's going to be his 18th.
1: Why are we right? paying for don't that? So right. Why are we fucking paying for <laughs> that? 20th. <laughs> what else you got who's uh, he wrestling
11: against Shawn michaels
1: okay see what <laughs> fucking year is this 91 who else have you got
11: bret hart <laughs>
1: <laughs> who's he wrestling uh, against mr mcmahon now hold the uh, how old is vince mcmahon
11: 64 yeah <sighs> what else you got uh batista versus john cena for the wwe championship i've never even heard of these two children well, they're not in their What What is
1: Stone Cold doing in here today with ONA? Was he, is he at WrestleMania? Uh,
11: no, he's got a movie that came out uh, yesterday on DVD called Damage. So he's out around promoting that. and uh... It
1: got released right to DVD. Yeah. Like a Franklin film.
11: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Now, can you say you're in a movie? I think you're in a movie if it at least goes to TV. I don't know. You might as well be fucking doing
2: Gap. <laughs> you're in a video. Almost like a music video.
1: Yeah, should I get rid of him? You want me to get rid of him? I don't give a shit what happens to the kid. You want to keep him back there like your own, keep him as a pet.
4: He had one thing to say. The Fez, like on his way out, he he told me.
1: Oh, right, is that what it is? You got a fucking joke? You gonna form? try it again, Dave? Go, ahead. Go ahead. What is no. it? What's the joke?
11: Uh, the apology was not accepted. Fartly. <laughs> that that. <laughs> this is why my career has started and ended as quick as it has. Dude, let me tell you something. It's not going to help you out to listen to Dave. <laughs> it's
4: over, Freddy.
1: You won't fucking. You don't have a career, even if we put you over a million percent. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Whatever it is, you ain't got it. <laughs> Steve in Michigan, you're on a run of Fez.
0: Hey, guys. Yeah, I was uh, going to ask uh, Fezzy that. I think he needs to apologize to Opie, since we're all doing these apologies.
1: This is an Opie bit?
0: Yeah, I think so. He, first, he takes the... Uh, Opie's school lunch bank story, and uh, now he's doing the old, you owe me an apology, mind mail trick.
2: Hmm. All right. I have no idea what you're talking about. Why do you ever listen to ONA? You don't like the guys? I listen to ONA. I don't know what he's talking about because it has nothing to do with, I've never heard Opie in a drinking show.
1: Mm. All right. Alright, so you got over the joke you wanted to do with him, Dave? Yeah,
4: no, I was in here to get rid of him. I thought you, you if you guys you guys want him out, I'll get I'll put him downstairs. There's
1: the guy who's got no respect for you, Fez Davy Mack.
2: That's not true. Davy Mack Absolutely, trying it again. Bringing
1: him back in with Fartley. <laughs> but uh um, He
2: misread that by the way.
1: That's alright. You fucking you tiptoe in, you tiptoe out, what's the fucking difference? God forbid you dive in. God forbid you off that fucking board and dive. All right. Uh, getting ready to wrap this one up on Friday. We're giving away a lot of stuff on the show. Live read.
2: That is uh, Search, Search, Hurry Up and Search. We're playing on Friday. If you want to be uh, have a chance to win, be sure you're following at 202Friends on Twitter.com. Plenty of great prizes. We got Harry Shearer, a signed copy of A Mighty Win, the Christopher Guest movie on DVD. Also, Kendra Wilkinson from uh, her show, Kendra. Of course, also Playboy Model. We have that first season on DVD signed by Kendra Wilkinson. And a CD copy of Damage by Black Flag signed by Henry Rollins. So all that will be given away this Friday with Search, Search, Hurry Up and Search.
1: Can't wait for this game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Search, Search, Hurry Up and Search. And uh, hopefully... We'll get the kid back in here to apologize. Who we got, the little red-haired girl over there? Yeah. Let her come in as uh, head of the interns. She is now the new head of the interns. Uh, Tell her to run on over here. And see how it is from an intern's point of view, what happened here. I thought we'd get something out of this today, but we're just uh, jagged in. Uh, You're upset... You you kind of feel bad about what's going on in the way the interns are being presented. Why is that, uh, little red hair girl?
12: I uh, I I think Freddie Freddie took a beating that day. I think he, that he just did what he was told and uh-huh. uh, you know and and you're going to take orders from from the producers. They're our mentors, right? So I think he was just doing what he was told to do. And uh, and
1: as you know, Fez and I will have nothing to do with any of you. Uh, <laughs> with you, you're not permitted in the same room as us alone. And with the two fucking interns, they're just boring. They're just, uh, who needs to spend any time around them? So really, about 99% of your time is around them.
12: Pretty much, yep. Yeah. All Uh, orders come from them.
1: All orders come from them. So you felt like he just did what he did. If anybody, uh, if Fez had a problem with anybody, it should have been Dave. Dave.
12: Um, I don't, I think, I don't think Fez should have had a problem with anybody. I think Fez should have kind of maybe been able to laugh at himself. You're saying that as a professional bartender?
1: Sure. (laughs) Because none of this stuff is new to you. You're used to seeing things this way. Yeah, no, people people behave all the time when they're Are you surprised they're, that they're saying you differently than you see yourself?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, because I mean, I got wound up. I got into a pl- a really bad place where I f- you know, listening back to it, I feel I was out of control. So I don't see where the point was to keep throwing gasoline on the fire as well.
1: So you take no responsibility for yourself.
2: I take responsibility. I'm the one who got drunk, but once I got to that point, I, you know, there was. I was getting pushed as well. Absolutely, I was getting pushed. So what you need is an apology. Yeah, I mean, and I got one. Mm-hmm. As a
12: bartender, though, I, I tend to think that that drunk doesn't make you do something that you otherwise wouldn't do. I just think that it the makes same it way. easier to do something that you want. to So you to think do. he's
1: got a little bit of the bully in him?
12: Think. Think he lowered his inhibitions, and I think that he was maybe feeling feeling no. So. For you to be an intern,
1: and I would say the same level as Freddie, but you've already surpassed him. But to see somebody have uh, go for like the bottom rung that they could on the corporate ladder and use that person to beat up rather than yelling at, at, at Dave or, or me or Pepper, you felt like that just showed a bully move.
12: I I think he went after who he thought was at the time who he who he thought was saying something about him. Right. I I don't think that he necessarily heard what else was going on in the room. I think he got his now, focus on Freddie.
1: And now that he's had his chance, he's still after the weakest link.
12: You still do I still think he's going after the weakest. link? Yeah, he still I know that is. I almost got hit with the bottle of beer.
1: <laughs> all right. So would you like an apology?
12: I, no, I'm all good on the
2: apology. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy I was here for it. I feel that it's, you know what, that I was set upon, and yeah, Dave did it as well as Freddie. But Freddie is not completely innocent in this. I, I
12: do agree that, that Freddie did decide to go ahead and, and read the lines. and uh,
1: let, Let's go back and play this at some of its worst and see if we can agree with Fess.
11: Yeah, Freddy. What, what were you gonna say? What is it? I, was, I don't want you to choke on that slice of pizza there, Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Fezzy. Fezzy. Alright. Stop it. the I'm fucking
7: right. not getting around. He's not gonna disrespect me on my show. All it's right. not gonna happen.
1: Fezzy, sit down. It's no not gonna happen. You fat Fe- piece of Fezzy, shit. Fezzy. You are nothing. Fez, Fezzy. You are nothing
2: compared to me. Alright, Fezzy.
1: <laughs> Fezzy. Sit down. Sit down. Okay. Get a fucking drink of water for yourself. You're all choking on your pizza. No more. You satisfied, Dave? No more. No more. You satisfied? You got him fucking crying? No more. No more jokes. I I will fucking break your fucking leg. All right, sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Uh, I will say this. You could hear that that intern was just out of control. He was fucking insane at the time. Uh, Robert, Oklahoma, you're on Run Fez.
6: Yeah, Ronnie, um, I hate to throw Pepper under the bus. I like the guy. But if you go back and listen, Pepper's the one that said the intern said Fez walked into the studio, the shady 45 or whatever. He did say. And it. an intern said he bumped into the wall. I right. I think this
3: all falls back on Pepper.
1: Uh, Pepper's a big guy. No one's going to ask Pepper to apologize. Pepper can handle himself.
2: Maybe even tickets are Burning Man.
1: See? See, it's all fucking joke to everybody.
2: Exactly. Everyone thinks I'm taking them to Arizona.
1: you taking them there?
2: No, I'm not. Why not? Because now I don't, uh, I might have considered it. I'm not even thinking about it now.
1: Fezzi, what do you think?
2: No. To
1: Bonnaroo. do the right thing. Bonaroo. Finally put this thing in behind us to finally put this behind us.
12: Maybe it'd be a good bonding experience for you two.
1: I know it would be.
12: They bonded over wrestling before before St. Patrick's Day.
1: I noticed that. Uh, Bob, Michigan, you're on of Fez.
12: Yeah, I, I
0: thought Fred Fez was making some progress here, and uh, it seems like he's going back. And, uh, you know, with this new health care thing, there is a cap on uh, certain things like medical, like $2 million and and, uh, you know, for, like, uh, preventative care and, there's even something in there for psychiatric uh, that, that you know, there, there's a cap, a lifetime cap on that, that uh, that after you hit a certain amount that, you know, you can't see a shrink anymore.
1: When are you going to cap that shrink of yours, Fez? And when I mean
2: fucking capper in the back of the head. <laughs> yeah, I don't plan on shooting the shrink at all.
1: That would be maybe the only progress you would have made so far, is just going saying, I feel like you stole from me. I can't believe that we're always back into the same conversations. I certainly did that. I stopped Fez today from a lonely boy conversation. But I knew we would get back into this pulling teeth thing.
3: We can just burn the place down or the office. <laughs> and it's, we take a Hooters out, too. It takes 32 years,
1: and then they still catch you like they did the, to those guys in Jersey. 32 years later. After 32 years, I say drop it. Statue of limitations or something? Not for fucking killing five kids. Really?
2: Yeah. There's no limitation on that.
4: They thought it was a Jonestown thing. Boy, oh boy, does New Jersey have some dirty cops.
1: All right. the So many people have written to me saying Fez stealing another one of Opie's bits. The no, you owe, owe me apology too after stomping the man's cake. Fez already admitted to us today he refuses to listen, Opie. Refuses.
2: I listen to ONA. I don't know where this is Opie's bit. Maybe take Opie uh, to... physically threatening the intern. Maybe take Opie to WrestleMania. You want to? Opie is not going to want to do that.
1: If you could only take one person to WrestleMania, would it be Dave or Freddie?
2: Yeah, well, it would be Freddie.
5: Oh, Freddie! 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 Freddie!
12: Freddie. Freddy! Always <laughs> Freddy. Oh,
1: the girl. You feel bad you feel bad for Freddie, huh? The red-haired girl. You feel bad for him?
12: Um, not really. <laughs> That's just my honest opinion
1: Which one of those interns are you uh, dating right now Is it Freddie or Pauly Neither one of them That's oh, shocking
12: <laughs> She's got this little uh, puppy
4: dog from O&A I,
1: I heard the kids following you everywhere He,
4: um, His name is Love Buzz right? And he comes up Me, Fez, and Pepper were having a post show meeting Jackie comes in She's allowed because she's a part of us yeah. The kid follows her into our meeting I said right Love Buzz the Get the fuck out of here
1: See the way he talks to the interns. You don't give a fuck. That's perfect.
4: Well, no, but I I talk like that to
2: non-R interns. That's what
1: I talk to ours like that.
2: I had never seen that guy before. I thought it was Jackie's boyfriend picking her up after work.
1: (laughs) You met him the day you were drunk. You were crying. You said you were going to ruin his career. (laughs) A fire piece of shit compared to me. Don't remember. You're nothing compared to me. Every day I turn around and fuck the Phillies are losing another spring training game. I know it doesn't matter. I just don't like to see it. Don't worry. Yeah, I'm worried a little it's
4: bit. It's all bullshit. They, there's no way in shit that the Phillies don't win the NL East. No way in shit.
1: I can't believe anything that you'll say, number 82. <laughs> You're the fucking worst sports predictor I've ever seen in my life.
4: Listen, Carol Ford, I'm coming after you, honey.
1: And what happened to you, Fezzi, in your basketball thing for Texas?
2: Yeah, uh, Texas goes out early in this thing. Do you remember what you bet on it? No, I don't. I didn't remember betting. Uh,
1: go ahead and play it, Hicks. Uh, March Madness. Fez, you've got the first poll.
2: All right. I think what's going to happen with March Madness is Texas H- is going to come from behind and win the NCAA <laughs> tournament. Not, would you bet your life on it? Sure. All
1: right, there it is. He's bet his life on it.
2: I had no idea I had bet uh, my entire life. Was he drunk when he did that, too? No. Really?
1: He was
4: sober. Ew. Robert Johnson over there. That's
1: just the way Strokey talks. Uh, taxes.
2: Taxes.
1: So you bet your life, Izzy, What are you paying up?
2: Well, I can't kill myself. So I don't, um, I'll take us out for a Texas dinner.
1: How many dinners does he already owe us? Nine. Nine fucking dinners. Why would we listen? Why would we continue to listen? I went out for, uh, for sushi last night. I'm not saying well. This is a five star place. I think a place in my neighborhood is even better.
4: Maybe it should only be four stars. But,
1: Vezzi, I was eating some crazy ass shit you would never eat. Really? Like what? Live octopus. Oh, it my God. Right out of the fucking tank. It was good. Tasted like it was trying to get away. I <laughs> love sushi. <laughs> well, that's it for us. See you guys back here on. Uh, what's tomorrow? Thursday?
12: Tomorrow, Thursday.
1: What's tonight? Vote out night?
12: Yep. You got it. Vote out.
1: Time to get rid of another minority on American Idol.
4: No way in hell black girl survives.
1: Uh, the black girl or the Spanish boy. Right. They're uh, one, two right that now. That
4: black girl was seriously the worst performance I've seen on American Idol to date. Story of Mike's still in it? It
1: was, yeah. Yeah,
4: Big Mike is... Uh, he'll be top three.
1: Who Pick your top three right now.
4: No way that uh, uh, Bower socks. Siobhan and Big Mike don't make the top three. Well, who's
1: that's- Siobhan? The girl who sang to J- Janice Joplin? Yeah. No,
4: no, no, no. That's Bauer socks. Siobhan is the the crazy screaming.
1: Yeah, I don't get her Irish. at all. Oh,
4: she sang last. Last. I don't night. know why they like her so much. like Well, because she hits that note, and she, that's that- not a note. It's a
1: scream. That's a fucking great thing if you want the Flintstones to get off of work. <laughs> that's a fucking beautiful note for that.
4: I find that chick extremely oddly hot.
1: Yes, yeah, because she's tatted. She wears glasses, and uh, it's everything top. you like. Yeah, I guess it's not that odd, then. Yeah. There's nothing weird. She's got a fish hook in her mouth and glasses on her face. I,
4: I'm really a big fan of her.
1: And her dad is all but fucking smoking hash watching. Oh,
4: yeah. That's I like famous. the little Joplin
1: chick. Could she win this thing? Bower socks will be there.
2: I she think will. she can win it. I, I think... don't
1: think so. I think... Uh, She'll be that... top two. Here's what I honestly think. Uh... Hicks is going to be happy. I think it's Big Mike's year. What do you think?
12: Uh, yeah. I actually like the girl who sang uh, You're No Good. I know I know the judges didn't like her, but I kind of like her. I, is that Dee
1: Dee? Dee C
12: Yeah. Uh, Didi. Uh, is CC
4: or
1: Dee Dee? There's no way. They hate her. They right. hate so, her. They might hate her. Mm-hmm. I find her to be oddly sexy.
4: Oh, I she's like hot, her. but they don't like her, and you can only go beyond the judges' hatred so far. But she
1: made up a whole new fucking way of speaking you no god. the thing even, wasn't even English. <laughs> <laughs> fucking humans don't even act that way. But I like... dug it. Yeah, she was like in the cantina bar from Star Wars. I love it. I like fucking the Star Wars orchestra.
12: I have something against women touching Joplin if they can't really sing soul. Okay.
1: Oh, the girl can sing. She's the fucking real deal. She's the real fucking deal. Yeah. She's wonderful. Yeah.
4: Um, the question is will she be, you know, uh, appearance wise, able to win this thing? Because she's, you know.
1: A little spooky toothed.
4: A little yeah, Quakerish. And, and A little chubby, you know, just a lot of stuff going wrong with her.
1: Yeah, Ruben was so fucking slender. A <laughs> Big Mike.
2: Guys are different, you know that. They put in her dress last night.
1: You drinking again? No. <laughs> I thought you just heard a slur. <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys in here tomorrow.
12: Hey, <laughs> uh, that's the uh, Dubai Show. Donk.
8: This has been the Ron and Fez Show.